And now, introducing the man who had to cancel his tryout to kick for the Detroit Lions when he realized it interfered with his play-action sports kickball league, saying, quote, you don't kick this leg by not playing kickball. He would have made that 48-yarder with ease. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio, a Tuesday edition of the program. Apologies for the slight delay. I'm trying to get some things taken care of on the technological side. It tends to be our enemy, and that's a real bummer, but we work through, we do our best to make things uh, right. I, I Don't worry, I'll take care of it, Paul. All good. I will, I will fix it on my end just as soon as I get the opportunity to do a busy show coming up today. As uh, on the program today, we are going to catch up with Rick Kranitz, former Orioles pitching coach. He's now a World Series champion as, uh, I, you know, what a run for the Atlanta Braves. We're going to chat with him about it also Coming up this morning, we are going to catch up with our buddy Patrick Stevens. He's going to join us every Tuesday this season. Uh, Patrick will chat with us about uh, what's been a kind of a shaky start for uh, Maryland basketball this season. Not uh, exactly what you would expect the last couple times out. Struggles against George Washington and Vermont. Also, uh, we will chat with our uh, friend, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. Tonight, the Tyus Bowser Show, we will be at Mother's in Timonium. Looking forward to it. It's brought to you by... Great Eights Memorabilia, Press Box, Window Depot Baltimore. Window Depot Baltimore has, I just want to tell you really quickly about Window Depot Baltimore. They're providing the highest quality pro via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation, 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. And it's also brought to you by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland, authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell us, or tell Duffy's that I, Glenn Clark, sent you, and you'll receive 10% off your service for a max discount of $150 at Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Appreciate them making the show happen. Rita is with us, courtesy of my bookie. So we're going to have a fun night tonight. Uh, also, Great Apes Memorabilia is partnered up with Harvest of Hope. They're asking that you bring out uh, Thanksgiving canned food items. Please bring those out tonight to uh, Mothers and Timodium to donate to Harvest of Hope for those that need it this Thanksgiving season. You can also donate gift cards to Wise Giant, places like that. But tonight, Tyus Bowser Show at Mothers in Timonium. Looking forward to seeing you there. Rita will chat with us about that. And then our buddy Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network and NFL.com is going to check in later on this morning as well. Who's actually good? I feel like we've been asking this for two weeks now. We still don't have an answer. Who's actually good? We'll talk about that with Greg Rosenthal later on in the program. And I certainly was feeling those vibes last night, those who's actually good vibes as you watch the uh, Los Angeles Rams get punked by the San Francisco 49ers. I got to stop betting on professional football. I just have to I have to stop betting on professional football. Hi, yay. I saw that coming. I just I had But a, you saw them getting their asses handed to I them? saw them losing. I just it's happened so much this year that No, I, you the, just sort of thought that, that, that I literally okay. sat there and I was like All the right. 49ers are going to win this game tonight. Because everybody thought they were going to lose, and they went out and they won. Well, that's different. There was nothing about the 49ers that suggested that was coming. They've been terrible. I mean, they've been god-awful, and all of a sudden, um, they figured out, run the ball, play bully ball, the Rams aren't up for it. That's what worked for the Titans, and it worked for them. And so now the Rams, the sort of the darlings of the NFL, have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how do you address that. 
And much like every other good team that struggled of late, they have plenty of time and they have the opportunity to go figure it all out. But it ain't great. Like, it's sure, if you care about the Rams, it ain't great. This is, uh, you're probably feeling sick today, much like if you care about the Ravens, much like if you care about the Buccaneers, much like if you care about a lot of the teams that we thought were good, because we have no idea. And much like if you care about the Cardinals, although obviously with the Cardinals, it's easier to say, hey, look, we didn't, we're playing without, Colt McCoy had to be our quarterback. So, you know, it is kind of what it is in that situation. Um, but there's plenty of time. This is the nature. 17-game season. We're still only barely past the halfway point of the year. So, um, you know, it's, it's what it is. It was wild, though. It was wild watching that. And I just ke- I kept thinking to myself, at some point, the Rams have to be able to move the ball, right? It took until the fourth quarter for them to finally figure out, like, maybe we should just throw it to Cooper Cup on every play. Like, maybe we should stop trying to do anything else. Just find Cooper Cup, throw the ball to him. Um, thankfully it took until the fourth quarter because I nearly lost. I did end up winning one of my three fantasy matchups and only because of the miracle that was the Rams kicking an utterly meaningless field goal at the end of the game. Uh, Cooper cup scored enough points that he, they, uh, the guy was playing moved back ahead of me in the final minutes of the game. And all I had left was George Kittle. And with the 49ers being up by a billion points, I realized they weren't going to be throwing the ball any longer. And I forgot that I also had Rams kicker Matt Gay as my kicker for this week. And I was down by a point right up until they got forced so far back that they decided, well, it's pointless to try to throw the ball to the end zone. Let's just kick a field goal for no reason whatsoever. Praise ye Sean McVay. Praise ye. That utterly meaningless, nonsensical field goal attempt is the singular reason why I survived one in fantasy last night. Never let someone tell you that something that happens in football is meaningless. I promise you, it means something to somebody, and it meant a whole hell of a lot to me last night, as otherwise I would have lost. I know you guys don't care about that, but I do. Such is the nature of the beast. Uh, real quick, uh, Paul, do me a favor. Tell everybody about underdog fantasy football, if you don't mind. And then uh, we, we, I got something I want to talk about this morning with everyone. Are you disappointed that sports betting isn't in place in Maryland in time for the start of the football season? So are we. But if you want to win some money on football, you can do it legally. And we're going to give you some free money to play with thanks to our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app, deposit $10, and use the code PRESSBOX, and we'll give you $10 free to play with. Underdog not only has daily and season-long fantasy contests, but also prop bets and fun parlay games where you can win every week this season, and it's not just football. So go to pressboxonline.com fantasy, click the Underdog logo, deposit your $10, and get your $10 Well, free. you know what? We updated that. I'm sorry. I have to apologize. Well, we it's had, $100. So it's up, up to $100. $100. Up to $100. Deposit up to $100, and we will match what you deposit. Up to $100 will match. See, I know that when I do the reads, so I don't always update the reads for myself. I should have done that for you. It's my fault. I you know it, too. I was about to, I was yeah. about to say, like, I skipped over the baseball yeah. part in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you can, $100 will match your $100. You can do $67.13. We'll match it $67.13. If you do $3,872.19, we're going to give you $100. We'll match you up to $100. You can deposit your $10, get your $10 free up to $100, or use the code PRESSBOX at underdogfantasy.com and have fun winning money with PRESSBOX and Underdog. Yep, there you go, Underdog Fantasy Football. Appreciate them. All right, so I got a question yesterday from, from Ryan. Ryan checked in and said, 
Glenn, you guys were talking about uh, baseball this morning, which I appreciated. It feels like it's been a while. Well, I mean, since the World Series. We've talked about the World Series plenty, right? Um, I want to know why it is that you think the Orioles can't be like the Tigers. Why is it the Tigers can decide now's the time to spend money and the Orioles can't? I understand that the Orioles are even worse than the Tigers are, but the timeline is not all that dissimilar. It's not like anyone is thinking that Tigers were just a piece or two away from winning the World Series. While we don't know if the Tigers will ultimately end up signing Carlos Correa or not, it certainly seems as though they're really in on him, and clearly they spent big money on Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm not necessarily advocating that the Orioles should be that team, but you need to sell me on why it is they can't be. Well, I, I don't need to do that, Ryan. You're wrong about that. I don't need to sell you on anything. <laughs> but I, I appreciate the way you worded that. Um, why, why can't they be? Well, there's, there's no reason why they can't be. Of course not. Anybody could choose, any baseball team could choose to spend money at whatever point they want to spend money. Um, we saw the Blue Jays do it a couple of times before they finally ended up being good. Remember the year that they went and got... Oh God! Who all did they get? Josh Johnson and uh, who? Uh, Jose Reyes and um, no, but there was like the one big. There was that one big off season where they right. did it all at the same time. Was Reyes? I don't think Reyes. It, was no, part it was of, Reyes I thought that was a different year. No, because they they went out and they got Ozzy. Was it when they got Ozzy Guillen and Jose Reyes and they got Josh Johnson? They got a bunch of different guys. Maybe Reyes was part of that. I didn't think yeah. he was part of that haul. I thought he was a different year. But you I, might be right. Uh, they went out and got all those guys. It completely fell apart. Well, um, it just didn't work at all. Like they spent, they decided they were going to take on a ton of money. That that was going to be the way they were going to choose to be aggressive, and it didn't work. And that, by the way, that doesn't mean it was a bad idea. It doesn't mean they didn't create excitement. It doesn't mean that you should never spend money in baseball. It's that there's this notion that immediately when you start spending money, it turns into results is simply not true. It's it's not. It's never been true. Um, some teams that sustain spending money happen to typically be able to sustain success as well. But when teams decide at one point, this is the time that we're spending money, and if it doesn't work, we're going to bail on it, the Rockies decided to spend a bunch of money on Nolan Arenado a couple years ago. How did that work out? They decided to bail on it a couple years later because it wasn't working. Th this is teams that, that don't commit to spending money regularly, when they make the choice to suddenly spend money, it it's... It's an utter and complete crapshoot. I mean, it's it couldn't be more of a crapshoot. Will it work for the Tigers? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not getting carried away about like this this random dude that tried saying that they were signing Carlos Correa. That's on you guys. You guys need to be better about who it is you're getting your information from on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they ultimately will. But this is just a guy that's making something up to try to get likes on Twitter. That's on me. I got. Oh, I'm not just. It's not you. It's the whole internet reacted yeah. the same way. And that's all. It, it, we have this huge problem because somebody's got a blue check mark of forgetting that there. This is not the way that this works. It's a huge problem that we have. The information comes from people that really have information, not just some random person. When you see somebody, you're like, I don't know that I know who that person is. The next response should be, I'll wait to see if somebody else tweets something. And again, it could still very well be that the Tigers ultimately end up being the team that signs Carlos Correa. I don't know. But that was nonsense yesterday from a guy that was just trying to get attention on Twitter and trying to get people to share his, his Twitter account out. And it's shameful. And this is – people blame – uh, this is why I don't trust media. That guy's not part of the media. That guy's a guy looking for attention on Twitter that for some reason was given a blue check mark years ago. I don't know why. He's Dan Clark. 
uh, I don't. That, that, we don't talk about that guy on this show. <laughs> yeah, I just fair don't, enough. It's not when you guys think you're dunking on someone, like you're just giving them more attention. Like this is the nature of Twitter. That that helps somebody. When we think we're dunking on someone, it doesn't hurt them. It helps them because it gives them more attention on social media. I've tried saying that a billion, and that's what this guy yesterday wanted. And so then when you go back and make fun of that guy, you're just giving him more attention. That's all that Twitter and social media become is all attention is good attention, whether it actually is or not. So that's on you. It's on the consumer sometimes to say, this person isn't trustworthy. All that being said, the answer on the Orioles and whether they should be the Tigers doesn't make much sense to me at the moment if there was something that you presented. I've, I know a lot of people have brought up Carlos Correa in the last couple years. I, I know that's something that's come up and, hey, there's some history there, Mike Elias and the whole thing. I, would I hate having Carlos Correa play for the Orioles? Of, of course I wouldn't. It would be great. Do I think that Carlos Correa alone suddenly makes this a competitive baseball team? Not an effing chance. Do I believe that the Orioles would be would be well suited to surround Carlos Correa with the necessarily ta- necessary talent in order to really compete in the coming years? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This goes back to the Chris Davis problem. It goes back to there was nothing wrong with signing Chris Davis. Nobody could have seen it coming. What was wrong was signing Chris Davis, and that was the money you were going to spend. And that was what we said then. While I was an advocate for signing Chris Davis, I was very clear. If this is all of the money you're going to spend, no. This has to be a sign that you now are deciding that you're going to spend money moving forward because Chris Davis alone, even if he had been Chris Davis, wasn't going to do it for you. If you're not signing him, then what's if, if, or if you're not spending more money, then what's the point? What would the point be of having Carlos Correa here and doing nothing else monetarily? What would the point of that be? Well, and it... It doesn't make any sense because the Orioles finished 25 games behind the Tigers in the American League standings this year. The Tigers won 77 games. The Orioles won 52. If the Orioles had gone out of 177 games this year, maybe they would go out and spend this offseason. But the fact of the matter is maybe they're in a similar timeline, but they really aren't. The Tigers are closer than the Orioles to playing competitive and, winning and, baseball. And somebody would point out it has something to do with the division that they're in. Yeah, but not, not that big of a difference. Well, not maybe not 25 games, right? Like, I hear you. But I also don't really know if the Tigers are actually 25 games better than the Orioles or if it's just happenstance. Probably not. They played, right? they played like, pretty evenly when they yeah, played each other I, this year. I, I, don't, I don't think – I didn't look at the Tigers roster and think to myself, they're a game or so apart. By the way, everybody's reminding me that Jeremy was on the Niners last night, too. Yes, you know what? You're right. Jeremy, if you go take his, his advice at PressBoxOnline.com, then uh, you would have bet the Niners and you would have felt very good about yourselves. I did not do that, and that's good news for Jeremy because clearly I'm his cooler, and if I had, that means that it didn't, wouldn't have worked out. We all know that's how the universe works. This um, is actual breaking baseball news, if I may. Noah Syndergaard signs a one-year $21 million contract with the Los Angeles Angels. Okay. Um, I, cool. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be dismissive of it. I just, no, you know, no, there's no, there not you trying to not yeah, right. push the conversation. Um, just, we were um, talking about baseball. Uh I don't know if the Tigers are making the right decision or not. I don't think that they're Eduardo Rodriguez away from winning the AL Central. 
Could they be Eduardo Rodriguez and Carlos Correa away? I'm still hard-pressed to believe that, but is it impossible? I guess I can't say it's impossible. I guess I can't say that. It seems still like a stretch. White Sox have a lot of talent, man. You know, it's, it's, it's you're hard-pressed to buy that. Does it make any sense for the Orioles? No, outside of those of you that just want them to spend money for the sake of spending money, that just want to feel better when you hit your pillow at night, that that just want the guarantee fairy to be there and, and you don't want your daughter to be missing. Outside of that, outside of those of you that just say, I want to see the team spend money for the sake of spending money, no, it really doesn't. That doesn't necessarily mean that you all are wrong in wanting them to spend money. It doesn't necessarily mean that it might not make for a more interesting product, even if it's not necessarily competitive in the AL East. But I still can't go to it makes sense. I couldn't join you there from a baseball standpoint. This is what they've done, and this probably needs to be seen through for at least another couple of years. And if it works, then the money should be spent to keep these players around. And if it doesn't, if these players aren't worth signing long-term, then spend money on players that are. Then do something different when we get to that point. You're this far into this thing. The most sensical thing now is to figure out if these are guys that are really worth spending your money on to keep them here in Baltimore for a little bit longer. It looks like Ryan Mountcastle might be. It looks like Cedric Mullins might be. It looks like John Means might be. We're hoping that Adley Rudgman is. And if that's the case, that's when we demand that the Orioles start spending money. That's the time when it's appropriate. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. I meant to do this last week in the aftermath of the World Series, and honestly, I just I got caught up. The Ravens were playing, and their Thursday night game. Things happen. So we're doing it later than I wanted to, but I'm really glad that we get the opportunity to catch up with our next guest because he is now a World Series champion. We got to know him here in Baltimore uh, a little bit over a decade ago as he spent three seasons here with the Orioles as pitching coach and now pitching coach for the Atlanta Braves. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program Rick Kranitz, who is now a World Series champion and is with us here on GCR. Rick, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us, and congratulations. Well, thank you so much. I tell you, it's been a real whirlwind since since this all happened. Actually, going through the whole process is is really quite uh, phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, I'm just really enjoying my off time right now, being able to get home and getting with family and and uh, like I said, doing getting a chance to do a couple interviews here and there. So. So it's a, it's a wonderful feeling for sure. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. All right, if I if I took you back to June and said, Rick, I'm going to fast forward. You guys are or maybe let's just take back. I'll take you back to the day uh, Ronald Acuna got hurt, and I said, Rick, fast forward. You're going to be a World Series champion at the end of the year. You would have said what? No, there's no chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, when that happened, it was like. I just I remember the feeling and and it was like wow what else what else is going to happen to us because right. we 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 had three major injuries with our position players our number one hitter I want to say our number three hitter and our number four or five hitter and that's tough to that's really hard to overcome plus Mike Soroka missed all last year 
Um, so yeah, there's a lot of teams that can't do that. They can't, they can't come back. Well, all I know is I remember, uh, Alex Anthopoulos coming in and saying, like, I, I, I'm, I do not want to sell. And thankfully the other teams in the division really didn't take off. And, uh, they kind of let us hang around. Alex did his thing and boy, we really gelled, you know, right after those trades and, became it was pretty special was there a moment for you when you realized it was possible like was there a moment where you said to yourself man i i think we could win a world series or was that was that almost too nuts when you were you know staring down like a team like the dodgers in the playoffs well you know it was crazy the thing started to to flip i think for us when we went on we went on a nine-day road trip actually we came through baltimore and it was really strange when when games that you play early in the year that you think you should win and you lose, it's like you come in and go like, how the heck did we win? How did, how did we lose that game? Right. Mm. And all of a sudden, I mean, I felt like when we, even when we, we came into Baltimore to play, I was going like, these guys had a chance to win every single game and didn't win. And it, and it kind of like it started, things started to flip right for us. And we started getting on a little bit of a roll. It's like, I think it was game three, I believe it was game three or game four against uh, Houston. We were like, how did we win this game? You know what I mean? It was like, they, I thought we were outplayed. I thought everything, everything went against us except we won the game. You know, it was crazy. So we were finding little ways to win. Our, our, obviously, our bullpen, when, when you go through these kinds of, of, of situations, your bullpen has to hold – has to hold – the. the the other team down where we can come back and, and, and get a chance to win. And, and that's really what we did all last year in 2020 is our bullpen was so good. And, and we have such a powerful offense that if we give us a chance, we're going to come back. It, it's so, it, I mean, it seemed like that was the story, right? Matzik and, and Will Smith and Luke Jackson and this group, like, like this, what they were able to do and why you guys were so comfortable um, was it was it like that all season and we just didn't know because we weren't paying attention to you guys? Or was there a point at which, like, it all seemed to click that we can ask this group to do more than the average team can ask from their bullpen? Well, I think um, what we, we did that a lot in, in 2020 because our, our rotation was decimated with injuries. Uh, we had Max, and that was pretty much Ian, – Ian Anderson came up late, you know, so – you know, I think it came up in late September or September, but no, you know what? Our, our rotation held it together for, for, for a long time. You know, we, the, the bullpen was, although some of the guys had definitely had great years. I mean, AJ Mentor went back down and came back you know, to the minor leagues and then came back. So, you know, there were some things going on and, and, it, but boy, when they, they hit the stride, which was, which was right toward in September and October, you can afford to go after, uh, be aggressively and go after a win when you have guys that are throwing the ball as well as they're throwing it. You know, we did it, we did it in against the Dodgers. Um, when, uh, I want to say we pinch hit, uh, for Ian Anderson after four innings and, and, uh, we got a huge home run uh, to, to give us a lead, and then we went right to mentor and give them, you know two innings. So, you, so when when things are going well and you have enough rest, yes, and you have enough guys, yeah, you can go after it aggressively. But it's really hard to do throughout the season. You're, you're going to kill your guys. 
Mm, I mean, it's it's such a great point. Um, thankfully, you guys had just enough, right? <laughs> like, you guys had just enough to make it work. Rick Kranitz is with us here on GCR, now a World Series champion, uh, former Orioles pitching coach, now the pitching coach for the Atlanta Braves. Um, Rick, what, what did it what did it mean? You know, you've been like coaching for two decades. You've been in this game for forever. What did it mean to you personally to finally experience something like this? You know what it means everything to me. You know, I mean, and it's, and it's more that you know the sacrifices that have come. You know, from my family. Um, you know, my kids, my you know my now my grandkids. For with me being away, right? My wife. Uh, having to do all the work, right? So to pay them back, right? So it was like, I was happier for them because they all came. They all came to, whether they came to Houston or they came to um, Atlanta to to just enjoy everything, right? And I, and I felt like for me, it was, it, was, it was about, I mean, them and being able to see what their father and their grandfather does. And um, mm. on an everyday basis, and I got a real good feel for that. I think, right? So, um, yeah, you, you know, this is this was a, obviously a dream come true, and and it was like something that just happened so fast. I wasn't even thinking about it, you know. And all of a sudden, here we are. Um, so, yeah, it was. It's it means a lot. I've been in this game for forty two years. So yeah, obviously, you know, only one time in forty two years. I look, you know, I look back at our, you know. Uh, wash our, our third base coach you know and it's like he's never won a world series and he's been in the game longer than i have wow and and snipker same way you know mm -hmm. some guys that have been around a long time that have never that have never done this we all we did is just grind out years in the in, in the game and and uh you know hopefully staying long enough to be blessed enough to, to, to be able to get to a world series much such win one Admittedly, it's kind of a bummer for us that Nick Markakis wasn't around for one more season to be a part of it, man. Like, that's the only. We, we, you know, I think you all, you got the sense that most everybody in the country was rooting for you guys, but here it was just a little bittersweet that, like, man, if you could have just hung on for one more year, uh, it would have been such a cool story. Well, really, we had a three-one lead the year before, and right. you know, you're, you know, you're exactly right. Nick, Nick, Nick's a very special person and, and a very special player. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to be there and when, when he was just starting off out and he was such a, what a great player to me, a borderline hall of famer. Um, he, he just played the game the right way. And, and for him not to be able to experience that, you know, it's too bad because he was a big part of this organization in Atlanta for a long time, just like he was in, in Baltimore. No doubt. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, those guys and that, that, Retired maybe a year early, and or wasn't weren't with this team uh, that meant so much for the organization over the past years. Yeah, it's 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 it's, little, it's too bad, especially for Nick. Rick, can you describe the disparity between being on the field, winning a World Series, and maybe being a part of the 2010 Baltimore <laughs> Orioles? Can you describe um, just how different those particular things might be? Well. <laughs> You know, I think I think the club now, your club, is going through a lot of what we went through when I was there. A lot of the, the rebuild, you know, a lot of the younger guys were coming up, and the East was incredibly competitive. Um, 
you, you know, you just, every team was very, very good. And, and, and we had to, unfortunately, we had to roll through all of that, just like your club, right? The, 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 but I think the difference is, um, from what I see is the talent level, to me, it looks, it looks very real. I, 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 I really like Brandon Hyde a, a lot. I was with Brandon in uh, Florida mm-hmm. with the Marlins there mm-hmm. for a little bit. I really like him. I think he's the right guy uh, for sure to, to have to go through all of this and keep everything in perspective. But the talent, right? We came in there last year or played last year, and, and the pitching was incredible, right? There's some unbelievable arms. And, and now they just have to learn. They have to – be able to understand that, you know, getting through a full year is, is, is a big part of it. And, um, you know, just keep, keep going in the right direction. But, but a lot of similarities between when I was there and when we played you all this year. And you know what happened right after I left, yeah, right? I, was, I mean, it was – Did you see I that? I mean, it was – Did you see that coming? Like, in 2010, it was really hard to see that coming. I mean, heck, in 2012 when the Orioles were good, it was hard to see it coming. Rick, did you did – you, know at that point that that the pieces were there that something like that was coming oh there's no question we knew the pieces were there for sure right and then especially when mcphail made that he really made an unbelievable trade right with with seattle i mean to kind of start the process off quickly um but yeah you know you start getting the right pieces you start guys start maturing a little bit you know leaders is a year you know, a year older, you got Adam Jones that really kind of coming into his own. So yeah, you know, I mean, there, you got your shortstop there to play. So there was a lot of key things that were happening, and you know, when those especially when those younger players start to get a little bit older and start to, you know, be a little more comfortable, you know, um, then then things, you know, you're, you're, you hopefully your general manager, general manager makes makes the right kind of moves to bring the right pieces in, but for sure. The Orioles in a good spot, right? As far as what I see on right. talent level, and I just love your pitching for sure. We're gonna we're gonna choose to believe you. Uh, we're hoping that more of it's on the way. Obviously, in Baltimore, Rick, we're hoping that there is uh, some significant game changing talent on the way. Um, what what was did you? You know, I, specifically, Chris Tillman ended up being a guy that was was so important to those teams. Did yes. did did, w- did you see it in Chris Tillman that he was going to be a guy that the Orioles going to be calling upon in in big spots for years to come? At that point, it's... well, the, the 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 talent was undeniable, right? I mean, it was like sometimes you saw it, sometimes it was really kind of different, right? So he sometimes he would go out and start, start a game and be like, you know. He'd throw like 91, 88, 89 to start the game. It was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then all of a sudden, by the third inning, he's throwing 95, 98, <laughs> you know? And, you know, it's just a process that he has to go through. But we, we the whole time, his stuff was undeniable. When you, you know, he reminded me a little bit of a guy like Nick Pavetta. Same kind of stuff, pure stuff, but it took a little bit of time to kind of like get things rolling for him. Um, but they're almost identical as far as I'm concerned, how they threw, they threw the baseball. And, uh, you know, you, you now and all of a sudden Nick has gone on and, and with to Baltimore and, and I mean, to uh, Boston and, and really kind of found himself. So, yeah, I think we all want, we see the, the ability, but we just need to, we need to get that ability to where they can match it with, with, with innings and, and being competitive, you know, and keeping us in the game. 
because quite frankly, what happens is with young pitchers, they can they can have great stuff, end up giving six or seven runs a game. But but really, the key is for them to be able to minimize the damage. That's what that's what Max Fried did mm-hmm. when I came over. Right? He mm-hmm. was like, here was a guy who had great stuff, and and it didn't match. He, he would give up five six runs, you know, a game. It's like, how is that? You know, when he started minimizing the damage and giving up one, not four or five, he became a great pitcher. And so that's what Chris Tillman did for sure. And I think that's what's going to happen to a lot of the, your young, your young pitching prospects here in Baltimore. Rick Kranitz, uh, World Series champion now with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Rick, before I let you go, this is a, it's a funny question that Bennett just got in and asked, but it's a, it's a good one and I want to pose it to you and I, you know, I you go wherever you want to go with it. When you're facing the Houston Astros in a World Series and you're a pitching coach, um, how often are you changing your signs during the course of a World Series? We change them a lot. Yeah. Um, but we change them a lot with the Dodgers. We change them okay. a lot. There's, there, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot there. You know, I, I'm just so glad that nothing really came up about all that mess okay. uh, for me. I, I, I'm happy about that um, because it really had no place for me in the game. Um, anymore it wasn't we weren't involved in it i all i know is we were playing the astros but we're very we're very careful uh about our signs especially from the catcher and second base and all the things that we can think of we're careful with it all year but it's a little bit more so in in the playoffs just there's more cameras on you there's more eyes on you um you, you know what i mean so yep and it's not just about the signs about tipping it's about your pitchers tipping sure. your pitchers. Sure, that's the thing. You know, there's some really good guys out there that that see things. And then and you know, can I follow it up, Rick? Too, but I I feel like the sticky stuff conversation completely went away as the season went on. Was it as dramatic for pitchers as it was made out to be when the season began, or after a month or so, were guys able to adjust and grip the ball and and everything was okay? Yeah, I think they were they were able to adjust for sure. I don't. I, I think that it was real. The 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 some of the stuff that certain guys were using was re, was, was was in my opinion. I've I've looked at it. I felt it. And there's no place in the game for that. Yeah, there's zero place because that is cheating. That is severely cheating, based on what I felt on some of the sticky tacky stuff. Um, you know. But I think yeah, I think everybody kind of just. You know, it, a lot of times it, it was it was more of a mental thing too. You know, um, I know Major League Baseball is trying to do more as far as like getting better grip with the baseballs ahead of time. They they had somebody come in and we were able to feel the baseballs and the tackiness of the baseball. So they're trying for sure, and but something has to be done because on cold nights, different cities are different. You yep. know, and yep. It's cold. It's the wind. The guys can't get grip. Um, you certainly don't want to see a situation where guys get I, get hit in the head. Yeah, I know. Um, hitters have talked a lot about that, right? Like they don't want guys losing control of the ball. <laughs> they don't no, want that no, to be no, a no. thing. Rick Kranitz, we're so happy for you. Um, what what an awesome oh, story. You. What an awesome story. Your life in baseball to lead you to this point, and so kind of unexpected, um, this this run from you guys. It was an awful lot of fun to watch. Um, congratulations. Serious 
congratulations on now being forever able to say you're a World Series champion. It's, right? It's, Thank it's, you so much. And I will say, let me, let, me, let me end on this, is I really felt like this, it was a team, right? So sure. y- you, you did not see a lot of guys say, look at me. It was all about this team came together, you know. You know, Alex has done such a great job of bringing in quality people, not just good baseball players, but good people. And the, the way guys gelled, and the way we played hard. When you watch Freddie Freeman hit a home run, and he runs and he runs around the bases as hard as he can. Hmm. I mean, if I'm a kid, I'm looking at that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna emulate that. No, he's a great. You know what I'm saying? It's another so, great story, Freddie Freeman. I mean, like when we talk about, we talked a lot about the comparison between him and Nick Markakis, um, you know, and what the, what what that person means to that organization. No question. No question. So, uh, uh, Rick, I, I could go on forever. So, <laughs> uh, congratulations is all we can say, Thank Rick. You it's, so much. it's awesome. Uh, we're so happy for you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Enjoy, you enjoy your off season. All right. What's left of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rick. All right. Thank you, Rick Kranitz, former okay. Orioles pitching coach, now a World Series champion, is the pitching coach for the Atlanta Braves. Um, that, that was good, Ben. I, I like that question. Not uh, uh, it's not Ben Lemoon who checks in regularly. It's a different Ben. Um, that uh, I should have gotten in earlier, but he says it wasn't all that different. Yeah, it's fair. Fair. We have no reason to to think that there was anything crazy going on with the Astros this year. Uh, good stuff with Rick Kranitz. Appreciate him doing that. Today's program is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, and technoli- technologically advanced connectivity. Easy for me to say, as always, I talk for a living. Or even sporty performance and aggressive styling. We got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, we're talking some college hoops, but a couple of weird games. Maryland basketball. They've been winning. They're okay. They moved up in the AP poll. They're number 20 in the country, but just kind of barely getting by their last couple opponents. We'll talk about that with Patrick Stevens next. Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. 
Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman. You can find me on The Batter on with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's The Batter out every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Thanks again to Rick Kranitz for taking a couple of minutes for us, and congratulations to him on being a World Series champion. Today's show is also brought to you by your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. $5.99 nachos every Thursday night, $6.99 burgers every Monday, but you missed that last night. I would think about it for next week. It's got the best food. It's Glory Days Grill that we're talking about, people. The wings, the ribs, everything. It's so wonderful. Plus, you got the uh, per- the private speakers at each table for you to have the sound for whatever game it is that you're watching. Glory Days Grill. Find out more. Get your order in. GloryDaysGrill.com, of course, is the website. Every Tuesday this season, we're going to be talking college hoops with our friend Patrick Stevens. You follow him on Twitter, at Discourse. You read his stuff in the Washington Post, and he's back with us here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn, and you? I'm all right. Do we have enough evidence to work with yet to say that perhaps outside shooting might be an issue moving forward for Maryland basketball? Well, I certainly think it's a distinct possibility, and it's, and it's not just based on the idea of, you know, they're 9 of 47 over the last two games for three, and that they basically endangered both of those games by not being particularly efficient from the outside. I mean, is there anybody really on the roster other than maybe Dante Scott that has a long track record of being a, a higher-end shooter? Not necessarily a 40% shooter from three, but even 37 38%. I mean, that's, that's not what Fats Russell's game is. That's not what Eric Ayala's game is, although both of those guys can and do hit threes. Uh, I don't think either of those guys is, is is somebody that you're sitting there saying, "Gosh, they're gonna they're gonna you know shoot at a 40% clip from the outside." Uh, and you kind of start looking through that roster, and I, I'm not sure they have that guy. I mean, frankly, that guy was probably Aaron Wiggins, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that's emerging as a concern. I mean, on the one hand, you could sit there and say it's only three games. On the other hand, it's already 10% of the way into the season, basically. Uh, so we have we're 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 far enough along, I think that it's something that's worth talking about for these guys as opposed to something that's simply a blip uh, and, and you know perhaps a source of concern. I mean, there's going to be better defenses that they face than, than say, George Washington. Vermont's pretty good, but you know, there's a lot better defenses that are awaiting them in conference play and in some of the other games that they're going to be playing coming up here in non-conference work. So is there a, you know, is, is just it come down to how capable they are of, of dominating inside? Like, do is at some point do we say, okay, this is this is the story of what it's going to be. They have to be really good at doing something else. 
I don't know if that's necessarily the case yet. I mean, I think it's possible that they emerge as the sort of team that is good from the outside half the time and not yeah. good the other half yeah. the time, or you know, forty percent, or, or you know, pick pick your number there, right? Like right. one every three games that they'll they'll be a good outside shooting team, and, and then the rest of the time they got to figure out another way to make it work. I mean, the other way to make it work, besides simply you know pounding it inside to a Caduce Wahab, is you know being able to get to the rim. Uh, on drives and what have you, and also you know the the, the forbidden mid range game in in today's basketball mm-hmm. world. Uh, that's probably not going to be what drives them, but I can certainly see them. You know, you, you look at how quick fast Russell is. Uh, that's a distinct. You, you see that as a distinct weapon that they could have as somebody that can easily get to the rim that way. So uh, you know, what's interesting to me is I, I really thought we were going to see a fast Russell that didn't shoot quite as much as he did at Rhode Island, and I'm not sure that's going to ultimately be the case for this team. Uh, any chance we see more minutes for Simon Wright moving forward? It actually is a distinct possibility we see that, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a few variables in play there. I think he's somebody that's probably going to work a little bit better against a smaller team when Maryland is, is kind of forced to maybe shelve Wahab a little more than it would like, um, as was the case the other day against Vermont. And, you know, I feel like, you know, Simon Wright falls into that category of guys over the years like, uh, you know, like a Reese Mona or someone like that, or a, or even kind of a John Graham type. I'm probably not quite as good as a John Graham, but uh, somebody that you're going to plug in, you know he's going to do what he's supposed to do. Uh, and that's kind of what he did. I think he was in there for three or four minutes the other day against Vermont. Hit a three, um, can, can contain smaller fours. Um, can maybe contain isn't exactly the right word. Certainly, defend smaller fours, uh, and so I, I do think there's a distinct possibility we see a little more of him. And I, I think, if we're being completely candid, part of the reason we saw him is because James Graham's in limbo, right? Right. Now. Right. Uh, and and that's sort of a piece that I think Maryland. I don't know if Maryland was necessarily counting on. He's kind of a uh, that's sort of a weird spot. You have a guy come in. Uh, he'd been there last year, enrolled early. Didn't play a ton, but you kind of got why, and I think uh, I think he's somebody who probably expected a larger role for himself than he has at this point, which is probably part of the reason why we haven't seen him even in the arena the last two games. Two more home games for Maryland this week. George Mason on Wednesday, Hoster on Friday. I want to ask you about Mason in a second, but a quick plug. I will be in uh, College Park on Friday night for the Hofstra game because it is uh, the annual A.J. Francis food drive at the University of Maryland. Of course, you know our friend AJ has been doing this now for five years, and uh, after last year they're not being fans, it's back this year, and AJ apparently has a job that will prevent him from being able to be there on Friday night. Uh, How terrible. Yeah, I know, right? What a jerk. So I am going to uh, slide in and help out on Friday night uh, with collecting food items. So if you are coming down for the Maryland Hofstra game on Friday, please bring some canned goods, non-perishable food items to help take care of Sarah's house right by Fort Meade. It's a very big deal for uh, AJ and his family, uh, Coach Mike Francis, the Francis Sports Academy. Um, and it would be a great thing for you to do to bring out some non-perishable food items Friday night. They'll also be collecting at the football game Saturday and the women's basketball game on Sunday. But I'll be there Friday night for the Maryland Hofstra basketball game. Patrick, with that being said, uh, tomorrow night, George Mason. Um, this is a Mason team, and I, you know, I saw you point this out because you were watching them against Morgan State on Sunday. They've looked pretty impressive to start the season. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time in program history they've opened the year with three consecutive victories by 20 or more points. And, and frankly, they, they've beaten some decent teams. I mean, they, they beat Stony Brook. I think that was a 22-point a game on the opening night of the season. And 
That's a team that's expected to contend in the America East. Uh, they handled Penn on Friday, I think by 21. Uh, and that's a team that I don't know if they're necessarily supposed to be the best of the Ivy League, but should be top half of the Ivy League. Uh, and then just obliterated Morgan State. And Morgan State was down Malik Miller, but still just hammered them by 37 uh, made, I think it was 15 three pointers in the game. Uh, you know, we're talking about a team that, you know, going to Maryland that can hit three pointers. That's sort of an interesting contrast there. If there's a, there's a way to cook up a, a, a recipe for pulling a surprise, that, that's exactly how you do it, uh, is by having guys that can hit threes to Devon Cooper, the Moorhead, Stri- Moorhead State transfer, uh, Devontae Ticket Gaines, a guy that we, that really hadn't seen the court much in two years at Tennessee, but Tim English, the, New head coach at Mason had worked with him both years, and he's been plugged in as sort of a jack of all trades type. Uh, they they still have a you know a guy on the inside, Josh Oduro, who hit three threes the other night, uh, and he's a guy that I know Kim English is very very high on. And so this is a Mason team that looks really energized and kind of looking around the rest of the Atlantic Ten, where so many teams are struggling. I mean, I feel like Mason's stock in its league might be up about as much as anybody. Uh, in the in the first week of the season, they've played really really well, and they come in uh, they come into College Park. Uh, I, I think with a with a better chance to to, to pull a surprise against Maryland for the first time uh, than, than I would have guessed if we'd talked a week ago. Anything on the local front? It didn't seem like it was a week in which there was there was much significant that kind of jumped off the page at me. Yeah, I mean, just kind of rolling around the area, you know, Navy lost to a couple ACC teams, but the Veterans Classic was a lot of fun overall. Yeah. So it was good to see Ryan Odom again with Utah State back in town. Yep. Um, and they played really well. You can tell uh, that they are uh, they're going to be a threat uh, to be back in the NCAA tournament this season. Yeah, I saw UNBC last night against a non-D1. They, they weren't great early on, really kind of sluggish in the first half. Finished the game on a 24-0 run to win by 37, so or 38. So that was uh, that, that was um, it was good to be able to at least see how they're how they're working with a uh, four guard look for the most part. I will tell you that Keandre Kennedy, um, I I know he was the, the American East Sixth Man of the Year last year, but just a really smooth game. Like it really stood out. Okay. Uh, just how smooth his game has become over the last couple of years, especially having not seen him in person last season. Uh, what well, Towson got got beat up by Monmouth came back and made things, made things a little interesting. Loyola took one out of three in that event down in Charleston, so they come home at one and three, or they come back to Baltimore at one and three. They're at Coppin tomorrow. Coppin's already played five games, uh, which is which is yeah. pretty insane, insane to think about. Yep. Uh, but there they are, and they'll they'll play again tomorrow. And, and Morgan State two and one, and now heading out on a West Coast swing. Uh, so they'll get that. Mount St. Mary's, I believe, is now one and two. They beat the beat Washington College and, and lost to the two teams in Philly in their first week of the season. All right. From the national standpoint, it seems like the big story. I mean, this this is I, I don't know that we've ever seen like these these early season campus matchups on campus matchups between top ten teams the way that we had a couple. Of course, they were being played at midnight, so that's very beneficial for the sport. But um, it seems like there's going to be a lot of focus on the West Coast, perhaps, this season nationally. Well, by West Coast, you mean Gonzaga and UCLA. Yes, specifically. I'm, Correct. I'm thinking for, uh, let, let, let's break this down to the, the basic component parts here. Uh, you know, Gonzaga handling Texas on Saturday night, not a game I got to see any of because of other commitments, uh, but it, it sure looked like Drew Timmy had himself quite the day. Uh, and, and that kind of backs up what you expect out of Gonzaga. Gonzaga has 
put up a put up a, a loaded schedule. That's the first of many many good games that they're going to play. They've got Duke and UCLA coming up next week uh, in Vegas, basically sort of camping out in Vegas for a week. Uh, and then you know, you mentioned UCLA being able to send off Villanova in overtime. Uh, a really good victory, I think, for the Bruins, and I think it uh, it also sort of goes to show not that she really needed it, but sort of backs up that that. Uh, postseason run right. last year when they were able to go from you know play in territory to the final four and playing that fabulous game against Gonzaga in the semifinals. Uh, yeah, we'll hear plenty, I think, about Gonzaga and UCLA uh, throughout this season, and I think those are going to be the two best reasons uh, to stay up late. Although there's certainly some other teams out west that are that are interesting enough, whether it's Oregon, whether it's San Diego State. Uh, there's a few other teams in the Pac-12, I think, that they could make things interesting, uh, Southern Cal being on that list. But you know, for now, I think definitely Gonzaga and UCLA uh, are, the, are the two biggest teams uh, in terms of attention that's going to be paid to them out just west. A, just a bummer, as you mentioned, the Vegas games. Also late-night games next week, too, right? Like everything, mm-hmm. all these things are late-night games. It's sort of a bummer for the casual fan that that's the way that it works out. All right, let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? Acknowledging all my five-team guys are tricky at this point, but this one's one I think you'll do well with. Um, Only an all-star once, uh, got a big contract at one point, and was a World Series champion once as well. Five teams for pitcher Carl Pavano is our first name this week. Carl Pavano was a Marlin. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was a Yankee. Of course. And Carl Pavano was definitely a Minnesota twin. I, that's, I, can't, I did not remember that one. Those three for sure. And then I think it gets a little tricky. Was he with, he was with Boston at the start? N- not Boston, no, but you're right. It was at the start. And this one I actually remembered. It, this was at the, at the start is what you're looking for, from 98 to 2002. 98 to 2002. Oh, he was in Montreal. He was right? in Montreal Expo. Exactly right for those seasons to start his career. Uh, Paul, you, you think you know what the last one was? You think you know? Is it the yeah. – That town, my bad. Uh, is it the Padres? Not the Padres, no. Spent... You, know, you know I would always say the Dodgers. Right? I know, and it would always be a good guess. In this case, it would not be accurate. He started the 2009 season with the Cleveland Indians before he ended up in Minnesota, which I also have absolutely no memory of whatsoever. But four for five on, part, on Carl Pavano is pretty freaking good, so I'll give you a four-team guy. Um, and a guy that uh, we happen to know is a big fan of uh, Fruit Loops. He was a three-time Silver Slugger winner during the course of his career, a two-time All-Star, the great Mickey Tettleton. Four teams for Mickey. Oakland, Baltimore, Detroit, and Texas. Very good, sir. That's the way we do it. What's uh, what's the schedule like for you this week? Uh, pretty crammed, but the, uh, the tonight I'm down at Georgetown catching Georgetown and American for the post. We'll be in College Park tomorrow. Really interested to see that Mason game. Uh, not sure exactly how some of the weekend is going to shake itself out, but those are the two games that are definitely locked in for the moment. Very good. At Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate it, sir. Let's talk again next Tuesday, all right? Awesome, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, buddy. Patrick Stevens, our college sports guru, our friend, Checking in with us here on GCR. And seriously, if you're coming out to the basketball game at Maryland on Friday, please bring some uh, food, some non-perishable items with you. If you're going to the football game on Saturday, if you're going big women's basketball game on Sunday between uh, Maryland and Baylor, 
unfortunately a bit of a conflict with the uh, the kickoff time for the football, uh, so I can't make it out for that either. But uh, if you're headed to any of those games, please uh, bring uh, food and non-perishable items out to uh, support our buddy AJ Francis, who you know is a top dollar from WWE and the uh, Francis Sports Academy's annual food drive down in College Park. Le- legitimate wonderment for me. Um, Maryland women's basketball. Mm-hmm. They won that national title. It was 2006 yes. that they won it? Yes. Um, they're number four in the country this year. You I think they just moved it to number three this moved, week, if I remember moved correctly. Up to number three. Usually in women's ca- college basketball, and I'm not as tuned in as I would like to mm-hmm. be with that, it's like UConn and Baylor are like the teams that they've, are... They've been very good. That, There's that, no doubt about it. There have been other things. programs that have been quite good in the time. The Notre Dame's been very good. Right. You know, like, there's been others. Does Maryland have a le- have legitimate Do they have a legitimate chance this year? 100%. They have a loaded roster. I mean, they have a loaded roster. Do they have a legitimate chance? 100%. Does that guarantee anything? Of, of right, course not. Right. But do they have a legitimate chance? Yes. They have a legitimate chance of making that type of run this season. And we do not know at the moment that there's someone that's so loaded that no one else has a chance. We don't know, for example, that it's, there were some years where UConn was just so loaded, right. it, it was almost no point to having a season. Like, you just fast forward to the part where UConn was going to win the national championship. At the moment, it is not the thought that it's one of those types of years. Okay. Um, which doesn't mean they might not end up winning the national championship, to make that very clear. Just not the thought going into this year that at, it's one of those seasons where there's almost no point to playing the season. We already know who's going to win the title. Not right. not the case. All right. Hour number one in the books. It has also been brought to you by... Ooh, this one's been brought to you by... I tell you what, I, it, or not really brought to you, but a, just a simple reminder um, that that we need to help stuff the truck. It's really important. I need you... So speaking of all these things that we're asking from you, I get it, and I haven't even laid out I'm about to announce some more details on the start of our coat drive for helping up mission. But one more thing we're asking you to do is to get out to your neighborhood Chick-fil-A this Saturday as the Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants invite you to support Toys for Tots this Saturday, November 20th. Donate a new toy at any of their 13 Stuff the Truck locations and receive a free sandwich offer card as a thank you. That's a win-win. You help someone, you get a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. What more could you ask for? For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. When we come back in, uh, we're going to have the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard join us. We're going to talk some Ravens, and we're going to look ahead tonight. The Tyus Bowser Show is Rita's going to be part of that moving forward this season with us, and we are very happy that's the case. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia bring you the next Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday, November 16th at Mothers in Timonium. It's also brought to you by Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here. Natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years. 
years and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR into hour number two of the program. If you missed Stan the Fan and Bill Stecka talking some baseball last night, you can find it right now, facebook.com slash Sports. Uh, or at pressboxonline.com slash video. And coming up tomorrow night, uh, Stan, Gary, they do a powwow talking about the business of sports. They do this uh, every couple of weeks, every couple of months, where they catch up with uh, Andy Dolich, former executive, and the professor, Marty Conway, two of the smartest people when it comes to the business side of sports. And that show will be tomorrow night as well. So make sure you check out those shows. Stan the Fan doing two shows a week for you via Zoom at uh, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And you can see them the next day. Pressboxonline.com slash video. Uh, quickly from from Taylor. Taylor says, uh, Glenn, listening to Rick Kranitz talk about the similarities between where the Orioles were then and where they are now, I would actually make the argument they're in a better place now than they were then. Well, I mean, I'd, I don't know about that. They'd already... The difference, I guess, between now and then would be the trades they had made. Like, the Orioles got nothing from the trades they made this time around when they started their rebuild, whereas Andy McPhail really flooded the system with talent via the trades that he made. And it wasn't even the system. Adam Jones, of course, was already major league ready at that point. Um, so that's the biggest difference that you would point out between the two things. I think you would say that the um, the Orioles have drafted better of of late. She needs five minutes, sorry. She needs five minutes. I apologize. I didn't see that text. Sorry, Rita. She needs five minutes, and we'll call her back. Um, uh, the Orioles had, had drafted better now than they had at that point in the late aughts going into um, the early 2010 decades. So that would be, you know, the, but is there are there similarities? I mean, the fact they're bad, like that's certainly a similarity. That the major league team isn't very good. But if I looked at the 2010, try to pull up the 2010 Orioles. That was Rick Kranitz's last season here. 2010 Orioles roster. 
you would find um, on the Major League roster already Adam Jones, Nick Markakis, Matt Wieters, Brian Roberts was still there. Obviously, it was a different you know point. He was in his 30s. He was not one of the young players on that team. I had forgotten that Miguel Tejada came back into that. I had utterly forgotten all about that, where they signed him on FanFest weekend yeah, he had and led, brought him back. Led the National League in hits the year before. Yeah, I I'd utterly and completely forgot that that was a thing that had occurred. But it was. Um, oh, yeah, sad. Uh, Julio Lugo was on the 2010 Orioles. Rest in peace, Julio Lugo. That was sad news uh, yeah. yesterday that um, he had passed away due to a heart attack. Just awful. Um, as far as the pitching staff was concerned, you know, Chris Tillman was there, so that was in place. Jim Johnson was there, so that was in place for what would be coming. Um, you know, Jake Arrieta clearly was a was a huge question mark at that point. Jeremy Guthrie was still there at that point, so I think there was just a little bit more in place. Although, obviously, people would point out that there are there are you know if if you say Means Mullins Mountcastle would be the three major league pieces that you feel somewhere between pretty good to really good about that exist at the moment, right? And you still have to figure out, like, how sustainable this is for Cedric Mullins moving forward because it was such a a wildly inconceivable type of season. Like, you, you hope that means that's who he is moving forward. But you do, you know, he obviously has to come back and do that and prove that's who he is. You still don't know exactly what to make of Ryan Mountcastle and you hope he's a he's a more complete all-around hitter and... You know, but there's obviously room to be encouraged, and you hope that John Means is is more this type of pitcher every season. But if you want to say, hey, you feel really good about three three positions or three spots on the roster at the major league level already with what you think is coming in the next couple of years, I could see why you would make the comparison and say that there's something similar between now and, and say, 2010 when it comes to the Baltimore Orioles. All right, joining us now, we are really happy. Um, you, you know, obviously, she's been a part of Project Game Day and what we've been doing, and she's a regular with me on that. But um, the last time we did the Tyus Bowser show, she was coming out anyway, and I was like, let's just hang out do the show with me because I love doing shows with her. And we had so much fun. We said, let's let's make this a thing moving forward. Let's have uh, you be a part of the Tyus Bowser show, and she graciously accepted that. And she will be joining us uh, tonight and next week and for the rest of the Tyus Bowser shows this season, courtesy of my bookie. She is our friend, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, and she's with us now here on GCR. What's going on, Rita? Good morning, guys. How are you? I'm all right. How about you? Everything good? I'm excited. I'm a little anxious, but I'm excited. I I saw you tweet that. Why? Why? Why are you anxious? Um... I don't know, Glenn. I don't know what's <laughs> happened to me, you know. So things lately, I've been getting like some anxiety, but this was a good anxiety, right? We we really had a good time. We had fun um, the last time that we did, that that you had me impromptu join. Yeah, the, I gave I gave Rita all of like a twelve second heads up. <laughs> you really <laughs> did. Like, hey, come up you here really now. <laughs> so it'll be the last time we did it, it was a much. Um, Smaller crowds at the center club, yep. so you know that was an exclusive, more of an exclusive crowd. So, I guess because today it's more like, yeah, you know, like more people probably will be there, and so I'm a little anxious, but I'm excited because, you know, I get to hang out with you, of course, and then Tyus is a great guy. Yep. Like he's awesome, um, he's really nice, and in spite of um, the Ravens and how 
they've played on Thursday night. The past couple of weeks, you know, he's played really well. And it'll be exciting to, like, tell him, like, we've been talking about him on the Project Gang show, how well he's really rose to the occasion the last couple of weeks. So, no, no yeah, doubt. I'm excited. No doubt about that. So tonight we'll be at Mother's and Timonium. Uh, Tyus Bowser yeah. and a special guest to be announced. Sorry, I know we, we like to try to give you a heads up on it, but it's what it is. We'll announce that as soon as we know today. We'll, uh, we'll tell you on social media who Tyus' special guest is going to be. Uh, we'll be at Mother's and Timonium. The show starts at 7. We're asking you to come out. It's all brought to you. Press Box, Great Eights Memorabilia. Window Depot Baltimore, uh, Duffy's Garage, and My Bookie. And we're also asking you to think about those who need it this holiday season and uh, bring some uh, Thanksgiving-related food items, some canned goods, as well as maybe if you want to drop off a gift card for Giant or Wise Markets, that would go a long way uh, to helping out Harvest of Hope and what they're doing. So we're asking you to do that if you're coming out tonight to meet Tyus and his special guest with the Tyus Bowser Show. Um, yeah. So Rita, you've had you've had three days to mull it over after we had a late night here on Thursday night. Uh, such a late night afterwards that when I dropped Rita off, I tried to go the wrong way down a one way street afterwards. <laughs> it was that late. It was that late uh, of a like, night. What is happening, Glenn? I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, what the hell am I doing? Um, it was late. Have I'll you, give you that. Have you? Do you feel any different? I, I know. And I brought you up yesterday on the show because I was talking about how we got another weekend and included last night of, of a reminder of just how flawed everyone else is, right? Like, I, I brought that mm -hmm. up. That this is, my God, tell me who's good right now. I don't, I have no freaking clue who I feel good about in the NFL. And when I brought that up with you on Thursday, you gave me the, Glenn, I don't, I don't care about that. I care about the Ravens. We don't cover those teams. <laughs> I'm worried about the team here. But after three days, like, is there, does any of that creep in for you, like, where, yeah, the Ravens have problems, but, my God, everyone has problems. No one is that good right now, and it's still wide open for them. Yes. I mean, that is the case. Every, nobody is good right now. Like, we literally watched the Rams get demolished by the 49ers. Um, we watched Green Bay win. Like, I mean, it was 10 to nothing until the end of the game, literally. Um, and that game was ugly. I know Aaron Rodgers had just came back from COVID, but at the end of the day, it's still Aaron Rodgers, right? right. And, and, and also um, – And not a Seahawks defense Russell. that we think to be, like, dominant by any stretch of the imagination. Correct. Right. Russell Wilson looks shaky. The only team right now that looks good, I guess, is Tennessee at this point. That literally is the only team I can tell you right now that I feel feels like a complete team, and that is to still be – um, determined because we need to see long-term what they're going to look like without Derrick Henry with this new running back by committee that they're doing. I, man, like the, the Bucks lost to the Washington football team. Like nobody looks good. And, and that's not even just on the NFL level either, Glenn. College too, right? Like Georgia <laughs> is, is, is phenomenal. And then there's everybody else. Right, like right. every both levels of football, nobody stands out. So but maybe one team, maybe. So I, I guess the question becomes, are you confident the Ravens can take advantage of the playing field being leveled? Yes, because at the end of the day, they still have eight. Yep. Right? And so because of that, I think that that is what makes them um, automatically still in this. I mean, literally the Ravens lost on Thursday night. And they somehow still managed to be in first place um, after on today, uh, which is very odd. So 
Yes, right? The rest of the, the other teams got issues as well, and we can go down the list of that. You know, we don't know what the Steelers are like without Ben. Well, we know what they're like without Ben. They're not good. Um, but they, I don't really know how good they are with him, right? Like, that's part of the – Well, but but we know that they're better with him, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think it would be safe to say that they probably wouldn't have lost to the Lions if he played. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to make that safe bet, but I'm not saying he would have blown them out either, you know? And then you have the Baker Mayfield debacle, and that didn't turn out too good the other day. And then you have Cincinnati, which sometimes they want to play, and other times they don't. Like, so I honestly think that Lamar still gives this team its best chance to continue their run into winning the AFC North and into the playoffs, even though at times um, Lamar struggles. And I think on Thursday we have to acknowledge that he struggled um, as well. Um, he still – the guy that makes this team go. Correct. Whether, no matter what side of the ball it is. So, yes, you, you do have to consider them still being a playoff contender because of that. She's the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. She'll be with us tonight for the Tyus Bowser Show at Mothers and Timonium and the rest of the season for the Tyus Bowser Show. Yeah. Find out more about locations by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Um, Rita, I, I am openly terrified of the Patriots, like legitimately terrified of the Patriots at this point. I am, I am convinced this is, <laughs> this is what they do. They're running mm-hmm. the ball. They're running the ball with anybody. Ramondre Stevenson ran all over the Browns on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not asking Mac Jones to do too much. Um, and even a couple of throws that he made on Sunday were actually quite impressive, right? Like even, even the ones where they, where they actually did have him throw the ball downfield a little bit more. They're playing to their strengths. They still have Bill Belichick. I am openly, of, of the teams at the moment in the AFC, like the ones that really scare me, I'm terrified of the Patriots. As you should be, right? Like at the end of the day, I think what happened was he heard all of the talk about um, us saying, well, we know who really was responsible for the Patriots. It was Tom Brady. And he heard y'all and was like, oh, really? Oh, oh, oh Okay. And then he turned that sucker on. And honestly, the, the, the Bucks game is really the game that I feel like they started to turn it around. I know that they lost that game. I'm aware. But that defense played so well. And you knew it was only a matter of time before Bill Belichick got things together. And he has a quarterback in Mac Jones that can do the things that he likes the quarterback to do. He's still doing the same thing he's always done. Nothing's changed. The players have changed. That's it. But I said two or three weeks ago, Glenn, that the Patriots are going to find their way back into the playoffs. You now have seven teams instead of six. So you have three wild cards now, right? And so I was originally under the impression that they were going to get a sixth or seventh wild card. Right. But now I'm starting, to under- I'm starting to wonder if they're going to uh, go for the division because it's Correct me if I'm wrong. They're only one game yep. back. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> I'm, the Buffalo Bills have some issues to worry about. I think. Actually, they're only even, they're only even a half game back because they haven't had their buy yet. So they're only a half game back of the Bills right now. The Bills are six and three. Oh wow. Six and okay. Four, yeah. So wow. So there's that. Yep. Yep. I am legit scared. Legit As scared you about be. that. That defense forward. is legit. Yep. That defense is legit. And like we said. Offensively, Bill Belichick is doing what he's always done. Yep. He just got a new set of players, and Mac Jones is a guy that looks like now he's transforming week to week. He's getting better. And I think, you know, the other day against the Browns, he just 
Yep. Just seemed to demolish. Yeah, I don't. I mean, he's yeah. not. He's no. not explosive to me. He's not a, a rock star, no. but he does exactly no. what they want him to do. He makes yep. the throws, and he is not panicking in the situations that he's in. And that's all. Yep. That's all that Bill Belichick needs in order to figure out a way to yep. make it work. And that is Correct. legit scary. All right, Absolutely, so, I so we're going to talk about, you know, obviously we'll talk about what happened in Miami tonight with, uh, with Tyus and his special guest, but uh, we're also going to have fun. I saw you tweeting about, we talked a lot on yesterday's show about the whole Reese's pie thing. Uh, we're going to talk about that yeah. with him because we, we were talking about Reese's last time around, and I, I actually, I, uh, this is my take, this to me is nothing. This is, this is a sham, and we're all getting played. We're all getting played by Hershey's on this thing. It's just a giant Reese's cup. You could just go buy a bunch of Reese's cups and it'd be the exact same thing. I'm, I'm, no. I, this is, no, I, I want gonna, a large size. We're going to, gigantic size. You can list. go get, I was, I went, I had to go. It's not the same. I want to give a shout out to the, uh, the fine folks of Baltimore County who left my uh, recycling bin lying in the middle of the street on uh, Sunday night <laughs> and it got wrecked. And I'm sure that when I inform them, they'll be quick to, to reimburse me the $50 I had to pay for a new recycling bin. You know how this works. I mean, I'm sure they'll be quick. <laughs> To go ahead and take care of that. So I'm at um, the the Lowe's picking up a new um, uh, recycling bin last night, and I walk by, and they at at a at a home goods store, they're selling half pound Reese's cups, and I'm like, oh, I just need six of these, and I'm good. What are you doing paying fifty bucks for the, to pretend like you got a Reese's peanut butter cup pie? It's a scam, man. We're getting duped by big candy this holiday season. It's a scam. Right. I am fully of the belief that this is like a peanut butter and chocolate mousse type of pie. Like it looks like a peanut butter cup, and then when you cut into it, it's like. Well, a, that would be a different thing. A peanut butter and chocolate. That'd be a different thing. thing. That's and what I, would, I imagine would have to. Be. I would Otherwise, be willing to listen to that. What's the point? I would be willing to listen to that if that were the case. But we're going to talk I about. Care, that. I don't care about none. I don't care about none of that stuff you're saying, Glenn. At the end of the day, it could be just one Reese's <laughs> cup. I'm buying it. I don't understand what you don't understand. I'm buying it. Okay. All right. But okay? honest to God. Getting bought by wait, 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 wait. Because this is something we're talking about tonight. When you show up, uh, uh, where do you do Thanksgiving every year, Rita? Who hosts Thanksgiving? Um, my sister's house. So okay. shout out to my sister Lisa. She'll be there this evening. All right. All uh, right. Yeah. So you you show up on Thanksgiving, and there's a Reese's peanut, a giant Reese's peanut butter cup. There's a pecan pie, which, of course, everyone knows is the greatest pie that's ever existed. That is the go-to on Thanksgiving. There's a sweet potato pie. There's a pumpkin pie. And you're going to the giant Reese's peanut butter cup before you're going to the traditional wonderful Thanksgiving pies. Yeah. I mean, like, what do you Like, I didn't say I was going to eat it on Thanksgiving. I'm trying to understand. Like, can't I just take it home and eat it later? Like, (laughs) of course I'm going to eat sweet potato pie or, you know, pecan pie, whatever they make. I'm buying that. Then we're actually. I'm buying that Reese's Cup. Well, you you can't. It's sold out. They already sold it out. Well, whenever it comes back, whenever it comes back. Uh-huh. I'm buying. Right. Okay, all let right. me tell you. All that. right, all right. We and will I'm talk about that. Conviction. We will talk <laughs> about that tonight uh, on the Tyus okay. Bowser Show. We'll talk more about that. Mothers and Timonium at seven o'clock. The NFL chick Sarita Hubbard with us, courtesy of my bookie. Rita, uh, looking forward to it. So glad that uh, you're joining us for the rest of the season. This is an awful lot of fun. Can't wait to see you tonight. Uh, thanks for hopping on yeah. with us for a minute today. Absolutely. So I can't wait to see you later. Thanks, Rita. The NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. Love her. And, of course, uh, looking forward to tonight and the uh, Tyus Bowser show at Mothers in Timonium. At the NFL chick on Twitter is how you follow her. 
quickly, uh, today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Final opportunity for you to take advantage of their best offer ever. Two free windows with every two you buy. Two free windows with every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. Buy six, get six free. It goes on forever. Plus, no payments for two full years. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. The cold weather is here. Natural gas prices are high. This is your final opportunity. When we approach the end of the month, and we're halfway through at this point, you got two weeks left. Take advantage of this offer before it's gone forever. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. From uh, Carl. Carl says, Glenn, what you're talking about with everybody in the NFL being a bit mediocre has left me feeling like they are legitimately at this point 20 teams that could win the Super Bowl. I'm not kidding about that. I was going through your power rankings today. Thank you, Carl. They are up right now at PressBoxOnline.com. You can see my NFL power rankings. And I found myself saying, are we really certain that a team like the Eagles can't get hot based on the way that they played the other day? I'm not telling you they will, but are we certain that that's the case? Are we certain they can't beat the best teams in the NFC? They're only a couple of games back at 4-6. and six. There's a lot of time left. Certain? No, I'm not. I'm not certain at all. I'm not remotely certain. And somebody would say that most NFL seasons are more like this than they are the other thing. Like it's the NFL has they want this. They want there to be extreme parity. They want there to be more cities where they really still viably feel like they have a chance than there are cities that don't as deep into the season as possible. Of course, for what it's worth, in baseball this year, the team that nobody thought was going to win the World Series ended up winning the World Series, right? So you know, there's a, a fun comparison there. Um, I pointed out the Minnesota. Uh, no, I'm gonna end up giving this away. <laughs> I should have tw- quizzed you on this. There's one team in the entire league that has had a seven-point lead or more in every game this season. Is it the Minnesota? It's the Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> New man on the Minnesota Vikings. Man, I could have. I could have saved that. That could have been my trivia for I you. I think today. I could have gotten it. Oh yeah. They, they flashed a thing across a, a graphic across Fox the other That's day. That's the reason why everybody was talking about it. Yeah. That's the reason why everybody was talking about it. One team in the entire NFL that has had at least a seven-point lead in every game they've played this season, that's the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I'm not telling you I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl or even that I necessarily think they can win the Super Bowl, but can I tell you that they can't? No. And have they been a team that's played at least well in every game they played this season? Yes. They don't have clunkers. They don't have games that just absolutely got their ass kicked and didn't show up. So is it impossible? No, I definitely can say that it's impossible. It's not impossible that the Minnesota Vikings could be a team that could win a Super Bowl. I, I couldn't say that at all. Do I believe they will? No, they still have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. I, how could I believe that they were going to win the Super Bowl? Of course, they certainly at this point seem more than willing to just pretend like the Dalvin Cook thing is not happening and it's just the way it's going to be, and that's it's a different conversation for a different day. Um, but, yeah, do the Vikings have a chance? Sure, the Vikings have a chance. There's a boatload of teams. If you go look at power rankings, yeah, you could viably go through. Like, could I say today that the Cleveland Browns, so at this point, I'm at the 16th team in my power rankings, can I say with certainty the Cleveland Browns can't win the Super Bowl? Not with certainty. Do I think they will? No. But can I say it with certainty? Absolutely not. And again, that's the way the NFL wants it. This is great news for them. It keeps more markets interested. It makes more games interesting. 
week in and week out. This is a good thing for them that there are this many teams that at least have a chance. And with so few teams being favorites, I've, you, tell me right now. I, I haven't looked. I'm, I'm sure I can pull this up on FanDuel in a second. Who's the favorite to win the Super Bowl? Who's the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl right now? I, and I'm, I'm saying this saying openly. I don't know. But, uh, but uh, who do you think it is, Paul? If you had to guess. Who's uh, the my guess is even after even after last night they're going to say it's the Rams. It's still the Rams just to by default yeah. because everybody else is bad so just keep well, it. As the Rams. it's going to be an NFC team and it's the, I will bet you your top 4 teams are NFC teams. I'm going to say it's the Rams, Buccaneers, Cowboys and Cardinals. All right. Give no, me. five. Cowboys, Cardinals and Packers. All right. You so okay, you you think it's read these down again? So I think it's going to be the Rams in, in, in this order the right. Rams. Uh-huh. The Buccaneers, Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the Packers, and the Cowboys. Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys. Okay, so I can tell you that you have the Buccaneers, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, you have the Buccaneers in the exact right spot. They are the second favorite to win the Super Bowl. You have the Packers in the exact right spot. They are the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl. So you went two for five. Congratulations. That's oh, wow. a that's uh, you'd be in the Hall of Fame. You'd be you'd be uh, one of the greatest hitters of all time if you went two for Ted five Williams. every game. Correct. Even Ted Williams didn't actually go two for five every not, game. Not every game. Not, he not just hit four or six once. Not every game. Uh, all right. Here's the list. The fifth favorite. Actually, they've got their top six listed here. So the sixth favorite, the Dallas Cowboys at plus one thousand odds. That was close. Sixth favorite. I say you were close, <laughs> but that's not correct. Yeah. Yeah. The fifth favorite. The Arizona Cardinals at plus 950 odds. As I mentioned, the Packers, the fourth favorite, plus 850. The third favorite, the L.A. Rams at plus 800 odds. The second favorite, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 600 odds. According to FanDuel Sportsbook, the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl, who you did not have in your top five. Don't tell me the Titans. Not even the Tennessee Titans. The betting favorite to win the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills. At plus 550 are the betting favorite, according to FanDuel, to win the Super Bowl. Did I have And five you didn't the have them in your top five. Did I have five. five of the top six, though? You had, yeah, I mean, you have five of the top six, but that's not that's, a That's stop. pretty good, That's man. not all that. It's, you're just saying naming who the teams no, are that I'm, are good. I'm naming the teams who I think are the best. That's fine, but, like, everybody can do that. Well, uh, for whatever. The record, it's for the impressive. Record. Uh, they actually have the Chiefs tied for six at plus 1,000 as well. The oh, Titans Patrick at plus 1,300 Miles. with the Ravens at plus 1,300. And those are the only teams. They have nine teams that have plus 1,300 odds or better. And then everybody after that, like they have the Patriots right now at plus 2,700 with the Chargers. That's the next teams listed after the Ravens. But that's the reality. The reality is we just did this exercise, and the team that's the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills, weren't even one of the top five teams on Paul's list. And I'm not that's not a knock on Paul. That's not a knock on him. Don't you get don't that's not a knock on you. No, no, no. I, I just it's, I don't think they're that good. I think they're good. I don't think they're good enough to be the favorite. Well, I also think that probably has something to do with the fact that like they look at the AFC they all these NFC teams have to go through the other NFC teams. Whereas they look at the Bills and they say, if we identify the we think the Bills are the best team in the AFC, we don't think they have to go through the same gauntlet in order to get there. We think there's a better likelihood of them just getting there. And at that point all they have to do is win one game against an NFC team. We think that the other conference is top-heavy and there's a chance that these teams are going to beat each other up on the way there. But that's that's how nuts things are right now. I look it's at the nuts. Bills and I see a team that lost to the Steelers. I see a team that barely beat the Miami Dolphins. And I see a team that 
lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, they're blowing the doors off teams like the Jets, but there's three teams who I think are mediocre at best, and the mediocre would be the Steelers, and they they barely beat the Dolphins and lost to the Steelers and the Jags. Uh, the Bills, to me, well, uh, sure, but nobody's really beaten anybody for what yeah. it's worth. Like, and that's a whole parody the conversation like, that's, that we're having. That's the reality. For what it's worth, um, and I, I included this. I don't want to give away everything in power rankings today, but I included this. The Titans are, are the top spot, and that can't be all that surprising. They're the they're the team that didn't lose this weekend. Everybody else lost. So who else is going to take the top spot in the power rankings? By the way, they tried to, for what it's worth. They did their damnedest to lose. They just didn't. Um, there are two AFC teams that have winning records against other teams with winning records. I'll hmm. give you that one is the Titans. One is the Titans. Titans are 4-1 and one against teams with winning records. There's one other team in the entire AFC that has a winning record against other teams with winning records. The Bengals. It's the Bengals at 2-1. and one. That's it. That's the entirety of the list. The Bengals are the only other team by virtue of beating the Steelers and the Ravens. They have two victories. No other team in the AFC has a winning record against teams with winning records. What a remarkable season for the Ravens to, to have all these injuries. Where to, to say, yes, you legitimately, viably have a chance, despite yeah. everything. Despite everything you legitimately... And I can't, I can't tell you confidently, throw the Ravens in the list. I can't confidently tell you that the Ravens are going to be able to figure this thing out. But I can't tell you that they can't. That's that's the reality of where we are. We have hit that middle of the road moment where we're halfway through the season and we legitimately have no clue who's any good. Now, there is plenty of time for someone to separate themselves moving into the postseason, and there's plenty of time for someone to just make a run when they get to the postseason, a la the 2012 Baltimore Ravens who just kind of meandered their way in at the end of the year and then became very dangerous once they were there. And as a lot of people would point out, the Buccaneers weren't really a team that was a terrible threat right up until they were at the end of the year last year. This is not this is not shocking. It's just sort of staggering how the last two weeks have gone to get us to this point where where the top has come back so much to the middle ground of the NFL where everybody is bunched right in together. See, it's crazy to me how much the narrative changes week to week. After that Bengals game, it's like, man, the Ravens just lost a really bad game. Then they go out and they beat the Vikings. Are they the best team in the AFC? Then they lose to the Dolphins. It's like, who are the Ravens? What happens if they go out and win 41-12 to against the mm, Bears on Sunday? But that's the nature of the NFL. It's just the yeah. nature of there only being one game a week. Like that's it's the, true. It's the nature of, of this is you can only react to the evidence that you have, mm-hmm. unlike other sports where you're going to play two more games in the next two days and then – you know, you feel really good about a win, and then you feel terrible because you lost a series, right? right. Like it's that's just the nature of, of football as a whole that we react, we overreact to every game because there's only so many games because each game really is a significant chunk true. of true. the season that you're going to be playing. We're talking about each game is more than five percent of your season. Like yeah. it's there's it's a significant sample size. Every game is actually a real sample size in uh, in football, but. Just some wild things. Find out more in uh, Power Rankings as well as our usual silliness. It's up at PressBoxOnline.com. John and Little Rock, I'm with you. Uh, John says, uh, honestly, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup faux pie pisses me off. It's <laughs> quite the statement to make, John. <laughs> pisses me off. This is not a pie. Why waste the money on this thing? Just buy a bag of peanut butter cups. People are stupid. Look, if, if it's what you want to do and you got the money, I ain't, I'm trying to I stay out of people's uh, wallets. You spend your money however you want to spend your money if you got it. That's that's your place. It ain't mine. 
But I'm kind of with John on this. You're getting duped. This ain't a thing. Just go get some peanut butter cups. You're going to be all right. And what's the point? When are, when are you going to consume this thing? When are you going to do it? You say, well, when I'm home by myself. Well, why is that any different than sitting around eating a bunch of peanut butter cups? Come on. I'm with John. I'm with John. I'm out. This is, this is we got played by the folks at Hershey. Fine, folks. But we got played by them yesterday. I brought this pie to, lar- to my wife's attention last yes. night. And she said she had no interest in it. Why would Why would anybody? What is the? It's just a giant it's, peanut butter cup. She, again, it's her favorite thing in the world. And love, she has love no peanut butter cups. I love peanut butter cups. And if somebody told me there was something different about it than the average peanut butter cup, I'd talk about it. I've said for eternally, there's something different about the uh, Reese's peanut butter eggs every year. There's something about them that's different. There because is. they're smooth. They take away the ridges, right? And so you get a smoother delivery of the peanut butter and the Reese's peanut butter egg. There's something legitimately different about the peanut butter egg every year than the peanut butter cup. There's something about it, man. I get very excited when we get the peanut butter egg season. The wife says the same thing. But. She loves them. Nobody told me why this would be any different. This is just giant peanut butter cup. That's all it is. Man. I'm looking into it as we speak. You're de- oh, you're doing, you're getting the I-team on this I, I, one? I'm doing some research to see what this actually heavy, is. Heavy research about this. All right, when we come back, our, uh, our buddy Greg Rosenthal is going to tell us more about a huge, huge week in tennis, because tonight Garbina Muharutha and Paula Badosa are playing. We'll talk a little bit about that, but we're really going to talk some football about what we were just talking about, the fact that nobody's good. Greg Rosenthal, NFL Network, NFL.com, joins us next. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Receive a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you when you donate to Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 20th at any of the 13 Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck event sites. Be one of the first 50 people to donate, and you also get a free T-shirt. For a location list and more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Toy Drive. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on PressBox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. PressBox and Great Eights memorabilia bring you the next Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday, November 16th at Mothers in Timonium. It's also brought to you by Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and by Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. 
Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR, the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. Every Thursday morning at 1130 a.m., KZ joins us in studio to help us set our lineups. You're going to want to join us this week. It's all brought to you by CCBC, Glory Days Grill, and the Maryland Department of Transportation. We will see you for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show this Thursday morning at 1130 a.m. All right, back in here on GCR. Uh, looking forward to tonight, the Tyus Bowser Show. Thanks to Rita for checking in with us ahead of it. A uh, couple things that I haven't had a chance to get to. I have not talked at all, and and I don't know how much I, I really even feel like I need to talk about uh, Odell Beckham making his debut last night. I got nothing for you. Like the, it, it was interesting that in the past we've seen players not – so quickly debut, not so quickly get on the field with teams. And then this week we saw Cam Newton and Odell Beckham play that quickly. If if you thought Odell Beckham was the answer, I, I don't know what to say to you. This is why we had the conversations that we had about Odell Beckham and why I was so dismissive of it. I, I think at this point in his career, he's kind of a guy. It, or will there be more opportunities? Yes, I think there will be plenty more opportunities for him. But I'm just not I was not of the belief that Odell Beckham was reshaping the race the, for a Super Bowl this season, clearly it's it's helpful for a team that was going to lose Robert Woods. And what you saw last night, probably not a true indication of where things could be in a month for Matt Stafford and Odell Beckham. But I, I don't think that he was rocking the boat as far as who was going to end up winning the Super Bowl no matter where he ended up. Um, in a small sample size last night, that didn't appear to be the case. Joining us now, our friend, uh, NFL Network, NFL.com, Around the NFL, NFL Game Day View, and, of course, the wildly popular Courts of Thunder podcast, which is uh, one of the most popular podcasts in all of Serbia. He is our friend, Mr. Greg Rosenthal, and he's back with us here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I, I am so glad to be here and kind of just be your tackling dummy while you throw yeah. out Paula Bedosa takes. But I do want to push back a little bit on your Odell takes. Okay. Like, I'm dismissive of your Oh, all right. All right. You think that Odell Beckham seriously can, can shape who wins the Super Bowl this season now? Well, you could – no. You're framing it in a way that that's tricky. Like, to me, he's maybe a top 20, 30 receiver right that's now. That's what I think he uh, is. But that is, that is extremely valuable to add when you just lost uh, another one of those oh, yeah, receivers. That's, my, my that's kind of what more, I said, though. Like, I think it helps them. Right, but, I think they'll be helped I think by you it. Could say, I think you could say that about like almost any wide receiver, it, almost any one player that's not a quarterback in the NFL. Like he, they didn't give up. You know, they're paying nothing for him, right. and 
now they have an experienced guy to come in. Not that they knew Robert Woods was gone. My point is, though, I don't like anyone like making anything out of last night. He joined the team oh, yeah, on Friday. No, no, no. I, I can't believe people yeah. are making anything out of even though he didn't play. Like that game was fascinating to me, and Odell Beckham was like the ninth yes. story, and yet that's what everyone. I I, I wholeheartedly agree with all that, and I'm dismissive of the people that say, "Oh, he's going to ruin them." Like, no, come on, get it, get get a grip, right? Like that's insane, but. There were a lot of people, and we do this, I'm prob- and maybe every market does this. Whenever there's somebody that's available that you've heard of before, um, everyone in the market is like, you got to go get that guy. you got to go get him, go get him, go get him. It's the way that everybody in Baltimore reacts. And my response was like, "What? why? What? What? How, does, right. how is that helpful for the Baltimore Ravens at this point when they clearly have two guys at the, the top of the wide receiver depth chart that are both young and talented and we feel really good about and Odell Beckham has typically been a guy who wants the ball thrown his way. And so if you say, hey, I think he could be better than Sammy Watkins, well, hell, anybody could have been better than Sammy Watkins on Thursday night because he was awful. Um, But if you say, I think he could be better than Sammy Watkins, okay, I'll hear you. But was Odell Beckham coming to Baltimore and willing to be the third wide receiver? Was he coming to Baltimore to sit back and say, I understand there's not going to be a lot of balls thrown my way because you've got other guys that are priorities here. If that was the case, then then maybe I'd listen to it. But I just, everything that we know about Odell Beckham, there was no reason for me to think that was the case. And it was why I was utterly dismissive of being that something that would be sensical for the Baltimore Ravens. That, that makes sense to me because we've come so long with the Ravens that um, you know, pass catching weapons is the least of my concerns. It's amazing, Ravens. isn't it? I mean, it's they're amazing. good. They're good there. I would say they are one of the top ten teams Correct. there. How about that? What a what a world we're living in. What we're talking about this. <laughs> I as as many problems as the Ravens have. I do want to talk tennis with you. I want to make that very clear, and we're going to. But because we started with football, we'll continue with football for a second. Um, I, I I'm in this weird place where it's almost difficult for me to not be utterly hyperbolic about Rashad Bateman. Like I I'm mm. astounded by what I think the Ravens might have in those two, two, two dudes. And I'm not trying to tell you that, that either one of them are, you know, Julio Jones for the next decade or that either one of them are Randy Moss, but Rashad Bateman does everything. And putting him on the same field as Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, I've never – and I, I, I worshipped at the altar of Anquan Bolden at one point in my life. I've never – been more excited about wide receivers in Baltimore in my life than I am right now about what the Baltimore Ravens have. Right, and Brown to me is kind of the key to it all because I'm so surprised how how good he is that right. he's turned into like a Deshaun Jackson or whoever you want to say type of receiver that I really think is you know one of the keys to this season. Uh, and you're right about Bateman. He kind of I'm trying to think who he reminds me. If it's a little, it's a little early. Maybe like a Derek Mason type, just to think about a Ravens, but maybe Derek Mason back when, when he was with the Titans, which was uh, a great, exciting player who could be a number two, who could be a number one when your one is out yep. and can really, like you said, do anything that you need him to do. It's it's remarkable watching that. And again, I'm not trying to get carried away because it's been four games, right? Like I'm trying to keep myself from just, just saying things that are absolutely silly, but boy, it is exciting to watch that dude play football. They had a good draft. They did well with those two picks. Uh, they needed it, and they got it. Yep, they're both guys, they look very good. Both Adafi Owe and uh, Rashad Bateman look very good in a uh, small sample size. All that being said, so just to stay on, in, in this conversation, uh, as a whole, I am. It is, it's so befuddling right now, Greg, because the conversation about the Ravens is sort of trumped by the conversation about the NFL as a whole, right, which is nobody's good right now. Like, the Ravens looked awful on Thursday night, and they have serious flaws that in a lot of years we might look at and say truthfully could be fatal flaws. Like, their inability to get anything from their running backs is 
an honest to god type of fatal flaw. Like this is teams do not winning win the Super Bowl getting this little from their running backs. There is no evidence of that ever. I mean, there's teams that got less. The Chiefs didn't get a lot a couple years ago from Damian Williams, but it was more than this. Like this is in the Super Bowl. Yeah, this is <laughs> right. Exactly. This is nothing that we're talking about. So I have serious concerns about the Ravens. Like serious concerns about them, but who do I think they can't beat right now? You know, right. like it's, it's such a weird spot to be in. Ravens fans should feel comfortable in this type of season. I mean, I think you look at the 2012 Ravens and you think about the stretch of Super Bowls we had there, the Cardinals, uh, you know, barely making the playoffs and being a play away from winning the Super Bowl. The Packers, granted a good team, but a six seed yeah. winning the Super Bowl. And then one year I point out, where the Giants beat the Patriots the second time around. I thought that was the two worst teams to make the Super Bowl. That Patriots team had the 30th defense in the league that year. And it was just like a down year where I think if you look back at it, you're, you look at it, you say like, oh, eight or ten teams could have won the Super Bowl that year. That's how it played out that time. Eli Manning took, you know, caught fire and, and got it done. And I think that's what it's like this year. I think like eight or ten teams could win the Super Bowl. And Lamar Jackson – uh, no matter what happens, like makes you one of those eight or ten. Teams. I agree. I completely. Agree. So you think the numbers? I was gonna. I like doing this game. If I told you that you have to bet everything you have um, on on the number, what number of teams you'd need to have for me to make this bet that you could name the Super Bowl winner, right? Like, <laughs> that how many teams would you need on your side for you to be able to make the bet that you can name the Super Bowl winner? Well, what am I getting out of this bet? I, I mean, get, how do the you odds get, you change? Get, you I'm going to keep adding teams. Yeah, you get to live the rest of your life uh, doing nothing but watching and playing tennis. You uh, never have to do anything then, yeah. else. Yeah, right. Then like I you, want, then I want like ten teams. If I'm getting like even odds or it's coming back, uh, you know, give me five or six. The difference, the difference is that in the NFC, you know, I think there's, I think there's five, and that's a lot. Um, and I think they're pretty good at the top in the AFC. You know, only one of those teams makes the Super Bowl. But once you're there, like, you're pretty close to 50-50. And none yep. of these AFC teams are that impressive. And yet, I think I think at least six or seven of the AFC teams, like, could make it. Like, yep. if you still – like, if you told me today the Browns end up making it, it's like, okay, that could still happen as lame as they are. It's viable. Okay, maybe I take it back with no, the Browns. No, I, no, I said that. We said that earlier today, Greg. <laughs> like, I don't think they will – but if you're telling me today it's impossible that they – I can't say that. I can't say it's impossible the Browns could be the team. I don't think they will, but I don't think it's impossible either. I, I think the number might even be larger than the number you're throwing out, right? Like, I, if somebody said to me right now that what we've seen, like, from the Eagles on Sunday was a sign that they could get things clicking <laughs> and they could be exciting the rest of the way, I can't say that's impossible either, can I? I, I can. Um, okay. Because I think – I mean, impossible is a strong word. But in the NFC, I do think – uh, between the Packers, Cardinals, Rams, um, Cowboys, those are great teams. Those are very good teams at the top that have good, like really good quarterbacks and are going to have home games and things like that. And so to me, that the NFC comes out of that group and the Eagles aren't winning that division. They're not winning three road games with Jalen Hurts. The AFC feels like anyone who makes the playoffs including, like, the Colts, if they make it. They could win three straight. It could happen. That's a, the Colts are a great point. They absolutely could, no doubt. Hey, Greg, it's Paul. I'm sitting here, and I'm wondering, it looks like the Panthers are revving up Cam Newton to become their starter again. They look like they were dead in the water. Does he make them a playoff contender again, or is it more gimmicky than anything else? Contender for sure. 
because their defense, I think, is one of the few defense that just like eats up bad O lines and eats up bad quarterbacks, and they're already at five wins. Like probably only need to get the nine uh, to make the playoffs. I um, I'm hopeful. I think Cam was better in training camp and last year than people give him credit for. That group he was with last year was bad. Like I think he's he's somewhere between a bad starter and a really good backup, but that might be good enough for the Panthers to win nine or nine games with this defense. The Patriots have plus 2,700 odds to win the Super Bowl right now, Greg Rosenthal. Why shouldn't I throw a couple of bucks on the New England Patriots with plus 2,700 odds right now? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to tell you oh. not to. I was very uncomfortable as a Patriots fan that, like, going into last week, like these mid-season predictions, they became kind of a trendy team. Like, oh, they're going to the playoffs, and they might win the AFC East. And a couple people from the NFL, including my podcast uh, co-host Mark Susser, picked them to go to the Super Bowl. And I was like, let's slow down then. And then I saw 45-7, to 7, Mac Jones looking like a young Tom Brady. I'm like, I'm in. Let's do this. Dude, let's go. Dude, I am te- <laughs> I'm terrified of the Patriots right now. Like, legitimately terrified. And what you said, we're talking with Greg Rosenthal, NFL Network, NFL.com. Um, what you just said is so, like, relevant. Because when you, when you compare Mac Jones to Tom Brady, the initial thing that everybody has to say back is, whoa, whoa, settle down. But what we're not doing, we're not saying that Mac Jones is going to have the career of Tom Brady or is going to be as great as Tom Brady. What you're seeing is the Patriots use Mac Jones in a way that they used to use Tom Brady so successfully, and and it makes you believe that they're capable of doing everything they were able to do with Tom Brady once upon a time. Right, and you're comparing him to 2001 Tom Brady and 2001 Patriots, who were a five and five team, and the league is different, right. uh, and the defense is not going to be as as dominant as that defense was. But I think this version of the Patriots has a lot of similarities in terms of uh, wanting to run the ball, you know, being able to match up uh, each and every week. And that's the thing with Belichick. Like, and, and I give the Ravens staff credit, and I know you guys are down on Don, uh, Martindale right now, but I do think they're like a game plan team. And I, and, uh, it's, maybe it's from being a Patriots fan so uh, long that, like, I think that's the best way, the teams that are able to play in any style and change week to week. Because sometimes you play a team like the Browns who you kind of – you're, you're able to stop their A game and you pick on one big weakness, which, which for the Browns defensively last week was their interior defensive tackles are just terrible right now in, in terms of stopping the run. And it's like they don't know how to change out of what they do. And teams like the Ravens, you know, not offensively last week, but teams like the Ravens and the Patriots defensively like can change week to week, quarter to quarter. I like teams like that. I, I mean, I, it's why I'm terrified. It's why I'm legitimately terrified of the Patriots, man. I, I think they are a major threat in the AFC moving forward. All right. Mac's good. Mac, you know, He's I don't good. think Tom yeah. Brady's the right comparison, but someone said that he looks like Philip Rivers, you know, if okay. the Chargers organization wasn't cursed. Because that's where I think he could be, like, elite, is the touch and the feel and the and the timing and sort of – because he doesn't have the arm, at least not yet. The touchdown throw they made to Kendrick Bourne on Sunday, yep. I'm like, man, that's more than I had seen from Mac Jones so far. Like, that's that's a different level um, yep. of a throw that we've seen from him, man. Uh, oh, boy, I don't, like, I don't like praising the Patriots. It really gets under my skin, Greg. <laughs> it gets under my skin, but Jesus, they look good. All right, uh, let's talk about the important part. Uh, I don't really follow like who's popular among like uh, 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 teenage stars right now. So you're gonna tell me. Uh, uh, so King Richard comes out this week. In 20 years, when the Palabadosa movie comes out, do your kids know who it will be that will end up playing Palabadosa in the film? Uh, I don't know, Olivia Rodrigo. Oh yeah, she I is mean, quite I'm, popular. That's a good point. You She's know, quite I don't. Popular. You know, I, I don't know. There's, there's some resemblance there. Ah, uh, yeah, it's wild. You. 
you were on the Paula Bedosa train early, and she's in the semifinals of the World Tour Finals, which most people might not follow, but it's a really big deal in women's tennis. It is. So a, congrats, it's Glenn. A it's been a great year deal. for you. Yeah, yeah right? This is what I have to hang my hat on for the entirety of the year. For those that don't know, before it was even Courts of Thunder, when Greg and I were still just messing around trying to figure out if we were going to do this thing as a podcast, we were doing a show during the French Open, and I said to Greg, dude, I need some time on this particular episode because I have discovered someone and this is the biggest star that I've ever discovered in my life. I'm going to be out in front of something, and you guys don't know what you're missing yet. And I said, Pala Bedosa is the jam. The jam. And she has kicked ass, and she's playing Garbina Muharutha a little bit later on today in the semifinals, the WTA finals, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, hey, as you, a You called it. You should be a talent scout. I think this is your last. Yeah, right. this is my moment. She might, identifying. she might finish the season with a, a win in Indian Wells and tour finals. Like she kind of came from out of the top forty. Glenn Clark saw it before. I did. Else. I was on. I was all over it. There is. It is documented. I was all over this one. Hey, uh, as are you actually excited about? Like, so for those that don't know, Greg uh, loves Serena. Or sorry, Venus Williams. Uh, like, like more than anyone not in his immediate family. Um, he cares that much about Venus Williams. Are you excited about seeing this movie, or is there no way it could actually be interesting to tennis fans? This is going to be a, a movie for the casual observers, and, and, and you'll pass on it. Oh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I have HBO, so I can watch it at home. And, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't know if I'd go into the theater for it, but no, you got to set your expectations relatively you know, in the me- middle. I'm hoping it's like a feel-good, good sports movie, and I'm hoping maybe my kids will watch it with me. Uh, and like it, and so that that would be my goal. Then it's a win for, for I think all. That's of it. But fair. I think it could be pretty good. I think it could be good. In a in a in a, in a regular, I would. I, this is the type of thing I would have taken the time to go see in a theater at some point in my life, right? Like in a different world where we didn't have the option of you know an HBO Max, I would have taken my time to go watch this in the theaters. And then no matter, even if I was disappointed by it, I would have lied about it for the greater good to try to get more people to go see it, right? Because that's how deeply I care about the sport. I would have attempted that at some point in my life. Did you watch any of the Medvedev match this morning? I did not. It is crazy, though, to think how, like, the thoughts of who Richard Williams was as a man oh. and a coach has, oh. like, changed. And you are you are happy to see that because, you know, if you look at it from a certain vantage point and you definitely hear uh, Serena and Venus talk about it, like, yeah, he's one of the greatest tennis coaches of all time. Correct. That's a <laughs> fact. It. <laughs> it's a bloody fact. And and the 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 media treatment of Richard Williams at the beginning of the Williams sisters' careers was shameful. Like it was just this, they, they they treated him like he was Joe Jackson, right? Like they right. they treated him like he was a monster. Um, that's truly the way that the, that it was looked at. Of course, you know, culture has changed and times have changed, and we've learned a lot more in the last twenty years. But it's a great point that yeah. you make about he, how he raised those two those two um, women, and he also raised a doctor and a lawyer. So they were they were doing yeah. something. <laughs> other than that, other than that, hey, for what it's worth, uh, my son knocked the Christmas tree over two nights ago. <laughs> Straight shoot, that really happened. My six year old legitimately knocked our Christmas tree over two nights ago smashing ornaments in the process uh he 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 was playing uh hide and seek and hadn't informed me that he was playing hide and seek and he decided that he thought it would be smart to hide underneath the christmas tree and then when i told him it was time to come set the table for dinner he legitimately popped up and knocked the entire christmas tree over so that's a good story though yeah. that's worth it that's you know, if you're going to put your tree up in November, don't you, you, you start. Almost, you you got to roll with don't it. Don't you no, start. I'm, 
I'm all good with it. Everyone should be. I'm just saying, the more days it's up, like the, the, the bigger yeah. chance uh, crazy things could happen, and you just got to roll with that. That's, it's worth it. It's a fun. fair point. It was a risk I had to take. All right, pal. Um, around the NFL, obviously. Um, I, I, I remind everybody when they can actually watch all of the shows on NFL Network. Mm. Game Day View is a fun show. It's on Sunday mornings, I think, at 7 or 8 a.m. on the East Coast, and yep. uh, Friday nights at 8 p.m. All right. I, I give that a view. And, of course, you guys already listened to Around the NFL. Like, I need to tell you to do that. Um, I appreciate it, as always, pal. At Greg Rosenthal on Twitter. Thanks for taking a couple minutes for us this morning. Let's talk again real soon, all right? It's... Thanks, Glenn. I'm, I'll be watching and, and rooting on. Oh, we'll be, we'll be texting. There's, that's free. We'll okay. be the two guys all on right. the plane. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> right. See ya. Greg Rosenthal uh, checking in with us as he does periodically here on GCR. My buddy from uh, Courts of Thunder, of course, uh, our tennis podcast that we do. But um, more importantly, I guess, for you guys, he's uh, with NFL Network and NFL.com. Winding down for hour number two of the program. It has also been brought to you by Window Nation. Final chance to take advantage of their best offer ever. Two free windows for every two you buy. Two free windows for every two you buy. Plus, no payments for two full years. That offer ends at the end of the month. These are the last two weeks for you to take advantage of it. 866-90NATION or windownation.com in order to take advantage of that great offer. Come back in, tidbit, tidbit, to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. PressBox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Receive a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich offer card as a thank you when you donate the Toys for Tots on Saturday, November 20th at any of the 13 Baltimore area Chick-fil-A Stuff the Truck event sites. Be one of the first 50 people to donate and you also get a free t-shirt. For a location list and more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash toy drive. 
The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, winding down for a Tuesday edition of the program. This Saturday, we need you to help us stuff the truck. Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants invite you to support Toys for Tots Saturday, November 20th. Donate a new toy at any of their 13 Stuff the Truck locations and receive a free sandwich offer card as a thank you. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash drive. Stuff the Truck at your Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants this Saturday. As we wind down, tidbit brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now. Go pick it up at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or you can read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Brenda Freeze on the cover, 20 years as head coach at the University of Maryland. Great story from Mike Ashley. Go get that print issue of PressBox today. What you got, Paul? Uh, Mike on. Yeah, that'll help. I forgot to turn myself back up. Uh, last night, George Kittle had five receptions for 50 yards in the 49ers 31-10 victory over the Rams. At his current pace of receptions per game, assuming health, he will reach 500 catches for his career in roughly three more seasons. Uh, Travis Kelsey, for his career, already has 674 receptions, third all-time for a tight end as are his 8,628 yards and his 53 touchdowns. He also has the most 1,000-yard seasons by a tight end in NFL history mm. with five. He and Kittle also have the three top receiving yards yard seasons for a tight end in NFL history. It's not very surprising to me. Only four tight ends in the Hall of Fame have 500 catches, and only three have 500 catches and at least three 1,000-yard seasons. Who are the four with 500 receptions, and then who are the three with 500 uh, catches and 1,000-yard seasons? All right. Well, the, so you're saying they're different. So, so three of the four are the same. All right. So there's, there's, there's five total names that I'm, I need to come up with. There's four total names. You said there's four that have 500 receptions. Yeah. There's four that have 500 receptions. Three of those four have 1,000-yard seasons. So who are the okay. four, and right. which of those three have 1,000-yard seasons? I, that part, of, there's no chance I know that. Oh, sure there is. No. Sure there is. No, there's no chance. Uh, but Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, number two, 808 receptions. And I think he had a 1,000 yard rece- season in there. Th- I'm talking 3,000 oh, 3, yards. 3,000 yard receptions. I, I don't. I don't uh, probably, yes. Yes. He has three 1,000 yard seasons. He's number two on the list. Uh, Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, 1,325 receptions. And yes. He has four 1,000-yard seasons. He's number one on the list. Is it already in the Hall of Fame? Already in the Hall of Fame. Four. So it's not Antonio Gates because he's not in yet. No. And it's not uh, Jason Witten because he's not in. So I, Ozzie Newsome. 
Ozzie Newsom is number three, 662 receptions. I'm going to say he didn't have. He had no 1,000-yard yeah. seasons. That is correct. So then the other one would be Harold Carmichael? No. Oh, Kellen Winslow. Kellen Winslow, yeah. number four, 504, yeah. 541 receptions, three 1,000-yard seasons. There's a bonus question if okay. you want to partake. Yeah. There are three other Hall of Fame tight ends with one 1, 000, at least one 1,000-yard season. Do you know them? At least one 1,000-yard season. Three, And they're all in the Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. One of them you already guessed. Harold Carmichael. No, no, he's not in the Hall of oh. Fame. One of them I already guessed. No, Harold Carmichael's definitely in the Is Hall he, of Fame. He, he yes. wasn't on the list that I had no, last Harold night. Carmichael's in the Hall Maybe of Fame. Maybe he wasn't. I forgot. Uh, wait, so say, say the, give me this one more time. Who were the other three and the other three Hall of Fame tight ends with 1,000 yard seasons, at least one, but less than three? One of these names is in the top four all time as far as receptions. They list Harold Carmichael as a wide receiver. That's the reason why. Gotcha. Um, John Mackey. John Mackey is a Hall of Famer. He did not have a thousand yard season. Got to go back a ways to think of it for Hall of Fame tight ends. I'm going to give you the one because you already guessed it, and my wording was confusing. Ozzie Newsom is on the list. Oh. He had he had well, two thousand yard seasons. He was also on the one list. That's right. the reason why I'm confused by this. Yeah. Not really. A, okay. All right. Well, that's what I said. You already guessed him. He was but already it, on the the top okay. four list. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, who else is a Hall of Fame tight end? How about Raymond Chester? Nope. I don't even know if he was tight end, if I'm being completely honest with you. I he wasn't on that list. Uh, who are the other Hall of Fame? Guys that are already in the Hall of Fame. Problem is, like, real issue with uh, with Hall of with like with Hall of Fame tight ends is that there are so many more that are coming. Like, I don't think Mike Ditka is on the list. Really, Mike Dick had a thousand yards. Season? His rookie season, he has I he had a thousand yards that. receiving, and then he had nine hundred and four yards his second season, and never had nine hundred yards again. I was I would have lost that bet every time. I didn't think there was a chance that Mike Dick had a thousand yard season. His rookie season, unbelievably. Uh, I don't know that you're gonna get this next one because I don't know who this guy Dave is. Dave Casper, no, no thousand yard seasons for Dave Casper. Dave Casper. goes to the post. Uh, Tight end, Hall of Fame tight end that I can even think of. I'd be shocked if you got it. Um, yeah, I probably, I probably don't know another Hall of Fame tight end. Jackie Smith. Oh, Jackie Smith. Yeah, you know what? I actually do know Jackie Smith. I probably could have should have gotten that one. I apologize. Is that for the my only wording. other? Is that the only other Hall of Fame tight end? Um, no. Th- there's a couple other. There were a couple that were listed who only played like. One game or something like that. Who were in the Hall of Fame? Like I, uh, there were two guys who got uh, added that their numbers don't suggest Hall of Fame. All right, uh, very good. Tubular brought to you today by. Oh, it's brought to you by Project Game Day, which returns this Sunday. It's confirmed. Drew Forster is joining me post game. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> we're gonna do it anyway. Uh, I'll be with you at halftime. Facebook.com/slash/PressBoxSports. Drew joins me post game uh, there, as well as PressBoxOnline.com/slash/Radio. It's all brought to you by Window Nation, Glory Days Grill, and also our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football, Project Game Day, each and every game day this season. We'll see you Sunday for Baltimore, Chicago. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. A good amount of things going on this evening, including the Maryland women taking on Mount St. Mary's, Big Ten Network Plus, 7 o'clock. 
Towson hosts Hampton at 7 on Flow Hoops. Mount St. Mary's is at Kentucky, 7 o'clock on the SEC Network. The Gavit games continue. Some uh, good games. Creighton, Nebraska, 7 o'clock. Seton Hall, Michigan, 9 o'clock on FS1. Uh, everything else college basketball-wise. Uh, Virginia Houston at 8 on ESPN. BYU Oregon at 10 on ESPN. Uh, ESPN will have the next college football playoff top 25 unveiling at 7 o'clock tonight. The rest of the college basketball, find it at glennclarkradio.com. Capitals are on the West Coast. Take on the Ducks, 10 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington. Another Olymp- uh, our World Cup qualifier tonight, and no TV. you got to have Paramount Plus if you want to watch the U.S. take on Jamaica tonight. I believe there is a Spanish broadcast that is actually on TV on like uh, the whatever the NBC network is that's a Spanish network. I think I get it. I know that from the last round of qualifying because that's how I watched uh, the last time it was a Paramount Plus only because I am not a Paramount Plus subscriber, and uh, I will not allow them to use this in order to force my hand. They got better content. I'll think about it, but that's the way it goes. Anyway, that's tonight. It's apparently at 5 o'clock for whatever reason. 5 o'clock, the uh, U.S.-Jamaica qualifier. Uh, other qualifying, Wales-Belgium, 245 on ESPN2. Some action tonight, ESPN2, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan at 730. Uh, Bowling Green in Miami, Ohio at 8. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Islanders-Panthers at 7. Red Wing Stars at 830. TNT Warriors-Nets at 730. 76ers-Jazz at 10. The Tennis Channel for coverage of the uh, WTA and ATP Tour Finals throughout the course of the day, including that Muharutha-Bedosa matchup that I mentioned. Uh, Manager of the Year announcement tonight, 6 o'clock on MLB Network. Randy Arozarena and uh, who won the Oh, it was uh, India. Yeah, uh, Jonathan India won in the NL. Those were your Rookie of the Years, uh, as announced last night. Ryan Mountcastle finished sixth in Rookie of the Year voting. I get it. You all are pissed. But as I told you before, it's very difficult for you to be on a team that's that bad and get that much attention. Matters far more how Ryan Mountcastle performs moving forward than whether or not he was a Rookie of the Year. And the USA Network tonight for WWE NXT at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Um, La Brea, the number one show on television, apparently, at 9 o'clock. The Tonight Show starring on NBC. Uh, the Tonight Show uh, starring... I, I know that the Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth reads for La Brea. Like, they, I, I, God bless Al Michaels, because he could not care less. Like, yeah. he, he's so uninterested in whatever La Brea is. Mm-hmm. And when he does these reads, he cannot hide that from being known. He has to make sure everyone understands he's, just how uninterested he's he is. He's been like that for a while with these TV the, shows. For some reason, La Brea, it's been particularly no- yeah. noticeable. Um, the, also on NBC... I, for what it's worth, I do not watch La Brea either. <laughs> I, neither do I. Uh, the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon featuring Jared Leto, Vanessa Hudgens, and musical guest Tom Morella with featuring Grandson. Um, sure. on. Yeah, right? Sure. Uh, on ABC, Jimmy Kimmel Live. It's 2005, apparently, on Jimmy Kimmel Live. He's featuring Kirsten Dunst and Wilmer Valderrama and Kevin Garnett uh, with musical guest Gracie Abrams. Uh, CBS, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert featuring Eric Adams and Dwayne Wade. Animal Planet, Finding Bigfoot, uncovered at 8 o'clock. Uh, also, debuting today on ESPN Plus, Man in the Arena, the Tom Brady uh, docuseries. Yes, right. It's episode one today. All right, very good. Thanks today to um, the NFL Chick Sarita Hubbard. I got it. You're good. You're good. I got it. Thanks to the NFL Chick Sarita Hubbard. Thanks also to Greg Rosenthal, NFL Network, NFL.com, former Orioles pitching coach, now World Series winner Rick Kranitz with the Braves, and also thanks to Patrick Stevens. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the archives tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, speaking of the Braves, uh, John Sherholtz, Baltimore native, Towson alum. Again, I, I I meant to do all this last week, and I just plum forgot, so we're doing it this week to catch up. 
but uh, the legendary Hall of Fame general manager, John Sherholtz, who still has a role with the Braves. I don't know exactly what he does anymore, but he still has a role, so he gets another World Series ring out of all of this. Good for him. We like John Sherholtz. He's going to join us tomorrow. Brian Billick will join us tomorrow. We'll talk some Ravens with him. Uh, Drew Forrester, will, I assume, will join us tomorrow and stuff and things as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, Chick-fil-A, the Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants, that is, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, as well as your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. Thanks to uh, Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us at Twitter on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, we will see you tonight at Mothers and Timonium for the Tyus Bowser Show. Looking forward to that. Have a great Tuesday night. Go uh, Maryland women, Towson, Mount St. Mary's, Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>